Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 128. Yeah. That girl over there. Ew. Got a brewing in the house. That's Savvy Simo. Savvy Simo. The episode starts right now. Should I do it? Yeah. What's up, people? You have asked, and you have asked, and you have asked, and now you shall receive, because for me, I've got to give the people, give the people what they want. And I say, it's good, Sad. What's good? That was just, wow, amazing. Look, sometimes I come into the episode low energy. Hey. How you, how you doing? You Whatever, and this and that. No, no. I got a rec- real, got a recognized, real savvy mm. symbol. How are you? I am fantastic. Just got off the beach. That's my office. Yeah, so man. I practice and I'm feeling good. It's crazy. Like I go to work. It's weird that that's my job. I go yeah. to work uh-huh. and I'm usually done by 10 or 11. And then I'm like, well, what am I going to do today? And today I'm, I'm already having a good day, practice, workout. And now I get to hang out with you. So I'm off to a pretty good start. Yeah. Um... Oh, I did a nice little picture in picture. Look at that. Look at that. Where, where, where is it? Right there. Ah, there you go. But that's not <laughs> what I want to do. Do your job, Jason. This is why. Come on, Jason. Yeah, I got one job. Oh, just, that's it. Just the one. Just. <laughs> <laughs> so you were um, doing a little bit of cross training. You were doing F45. Mm-hmm. Tell our audience. Um, I know what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what it is. But we owe it to well, all of the people who may yeah. not know better. Yeah. Tell them Tell them what it is. The so I was, I was connected. Well, I'll start with I've been trying to figure out the best way for that works for me working out. Cause obviously I play volleyball almost every day, but I'm trying to figure out like the whole lifting thing and what, you know, it's also expensive to have a gym membership. And so I'm like, do I go get a gym membership? Do I just keep lifting? A lot of the players have like gyms in their backyard or in their garage. Do I keep just hopping around everyone's little homemade gym or do I, you know, what, what am I going to do? And so I was connected with people at F45 and I had no idea what it was. And I kind of looked into it. And it seems like the most perfect cross training because I do all the sand training, but this is kind of a combination of like conditioning and strength. So I went this morning at 7 a.m. and it was like popping. There were like 30 people in there absolutely getting after it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to come in and this is going to be, you know, I like to think I'm an, I'm an athlete. I'm in shape and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this workout and all these <laughs> other people who are, I'm just going to kick ass. And I got my ass kicked to be completely honest. It was... <laughs> It was gnarly. It was like, uh, I think they call it a hit workout. So you're doing strength workouts, but you're also doing, we did, it was 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off. And you're going through all these, these workouts and I'm like dying, dripping sweat. I mean, but it was a good way to start the day and I'm fired up. So today was my first day. I learned a lot about it. Tomorrow is a more, tomorrow is, they call it, it's just cardio. Mm -hmm. So I'll probably die doing that. I just think cardio, like I'm going to just perish, but, uh. Yeah, it was really cool, and I think it's a good start in me trying to figure out what works best for me. If I maybe lifted once or twice a week, my normal lift, and did this once or twice a week, I think it'd be a really good combination with with the sand training. So we'll see. I'm actually I'm going to point something out that's um that's actually going to keep this sound bitch rolling. We we um like um in my experience as a coach, longtime player and commentator, I noticed that indoor players who trained on the beach 
and came back to indoor, mm -hmm. their legs were stronger and they jumped significantly higher. Mm -hmm. However, beach players that just kind of play indoor, you would think because they're out in the sand all the time that they would have a higher jump than they jump. Mm -hmm. Their jump's pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. and, and, and a lot of players at the high level uh, who know what I'm talking about will probably be like, damn, you know what? That's a good fucking point. Mm -hmm. And my reasoning, and this is how I'm going to give you a floor back. My yeah. reasoning is that if you only train your legs to slog through the sand, your legs will, in fact, succeed at being trained in slogging through the sand. <laughs> and, I like that word, slogging. Yeah. I've never heard of that. You know why? That's because, funny. well, I think uh, the reason why I brought it up is because out here they have something called the sand dunes. Mm -hmm. And like LMU and a, yeah. lot, a lot of people, I think UCLA and yeah. USC, they do the dunes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's never, because I'm ex-military and because I'm from New York, I walked everywhere I went. And I'm like, this is this is supposed to be exercise? Mm -hmm. you fucking yeah. people are wusses. Yeah. I just fucking walk. Yeah. You, you do know how to walk, right? <laughs> so, uh, um, again, before I stare us both <laughs> the wrong direction or the right direction, um does what i say make sense as far as not just indoor and outdoor i mean we can keep that one rolling mm -hmm. if we want but how other things help prepare you to be a beach player yeah i think absolutely i mean i used to thinking back to high school you know i'd play indoor all fall winter spring mm -hmm. and then i'd play beach all summer long that's kind of how it was i never really did club beach i go beach all summer and just playing all the different tournaments and then I'd come back to high school tryouts for indoor and be like skying through the gym. Like I feel like I could jump so <laughs> high. And that's the same. And then, you know, in college, it was the, the hardest transition for me was going from indoor season in the fall at UCLA straight to the beach. So you, you, the only time you have to really acclimate to the sand is like Christmas break. Yeah, and like a lot much. of times over Christmas break, I was just kind of like burnt out of the indoor season, kind of wanted to just relax, recover, hang out with my family. I'd practice maybe a couple times. And I go back and I join these girls who were, had been playing in the sand all fall. And I was like, I have never felt more out of shape in my entire life. Yeah. Like it was crazy just to, to adjust. And so that's why I'm trying to figure out this workout thing. Cause I'm so used to indoor Olympic lifting. They want to build this strength up, but beach, then I go to beach season and it was more centered or, you know, light lighter weight more reps quick twitch box jumps all these different things then we also did like the sand conditioning we did assault bike conditioning that was all at ucla but now i don't have all the resources to be able to do all that stuff so it's like i'm trying to figure out the best way to do it and i have the the indoor background and i do have the beach background as well and i want to be quick but i want to be strong so it's trying to find the perfect balance i don't want to be I don't want to put on too much muscle. I feel like it might slow me down a little bit, but I don't want to be too lean because I want to be able to be strong and be able to hammer a ball and, and, and be able to move through the sand because you have to be strong to move through the sand. You have to be quick and stuff too, but you have to be strong to push through the sand and be able to jump at the end of a tournament. So this the balance, it's, it's interesting. I'm trying to kind of figure it out, and I think every player has their own path that they're going on, their own way to figure it out, but I'm, I'm young, I'm new to this, and it's I'm all kind of on my own, so... Working on figuring it out. But today was great. F45 was a great combination, I think, between the strength and the conditioning part of it. It really is. Yeah. I um, I would say that if you're going to do strength and conditioning, then yeah. Then at the same time, you need that strength to provide yourself the ability to move through the mm -hmm. sand. 
Um, there's nothing wrong with going longer, leaner, and lighter in the mm -hmm. sand. If you look at some of the players who who carry no weight around them, those seem to be the ones who function the best on the beach. Yeah. Uh, moreover, um, because muscles need oxygen, right? Uh, and your heart's pumping the blood and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Uh, they don't cramp up as fast. Yeah. So for me, I would say, I don't know, 10, 20% weight room. I would say 50% technique. Just stop. I mean, do as many privates as you can and some, yeah. and, and, um, yeah. and scrimmages as you can, you know, try to avoid train, training groups if, unless you're trying to network or unless you just want new ideas and see how your thing works against different mm -hmm. levels of competition in this consolidated period Absolutely. of time. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So I have friends. Um, I'd like to use Taylor Crabb as an example, but I don't really know if he in fact lifts these days, but mm -hmm. I've watched him long enough to know that the man carries very little muscle, mm -hmm. but yet he hits really fucking Exactly. Hard. And he moves the, through the sand he, like he is a, he's a popular crazy. example of a uh -huh. correlation. Yeah. Uh, uh, of, and, and the point I was trying to make, mm -hmm. I, look, I have friends in New York. I have a queen, this absolute fucking queen, Ren Osborne. All he does is dance. He doesn't hit the gym. He doesn't even do sit-ups. Mm -hmm. He's got this six-pack, and he dances three nights a no, week. No, dancing is insane. Yeah. But I mean... It's insane. And those queens know how to work. Yes. Dude. In New York, yes. you, go to, you go to the right club, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm, I'm like... Fuck! This is like, this is like um, the you know you you ever yeah. go to like the Copa and you see like really talented salsa dances mm -hmm. where you where everyone stops dancing they just watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically it's some impressive. of some of those house music clubs is like the salsa. <laughs> Dude, I literally went out last weekend and I was dancing probably like an idiot and I had a side cramp. I was like, how do people dance? <laughs> I literally got a side cramp at the bar. I'm like, this is terrible because I was just dancing and having a good time and i'm like i get i have a side cramp yeah. like it's a different type of workout so hold on where's my camera i want you to picture <laughs> that i want you to picture that inside your heads i want you to picture a bar they're playing we are family and this one locks up and she's doing and then everybody else is like okay they all start doing that and you're just like get away and they're just like, <laughs> like okay <laughs> It's pretty much what happened. I like a, I just get in this mood sometimes when I go out when like, like when I go to the bar and stuff mm -hmm. and people like I like to go out and dance and have fun. So when I go, I was at Tower Twelve and it's, it was more of like a social thing. Uh -huh. Everyone wants to talk and it's so loud anyway. So I started dancing by myself and like, I was just doing ridiculous things. Kind of honestly, kind of making fun of myself. I had so much fun though. Like what? Like it was a blast. And then I got a side cramp. I had to like go outside and take a take a breather. Like this is yeah, a workout you, in itself. Not, isn't it crazy that we look for some place where no one's watching? Yeah. And when when that happens, yeah. you just because you just don't want people to think you're like you you all right. I'm like I'm ah, good. Ah. But with your athletic friends, you just like you just say cramp, and you're, they're like, oh yeah, okay. Like, hands, hands, hands are yours. This ring, the, you know, the aura ring, it's kind of a, the new big thing with the whoop and but stuff. And my aura well, ring. Stop right okay, there. Good. You're, this you're is right. the audience. Tell okay. everybody. So this ring is, it's called an aura ring. It's really big and it has all these little sensors on the inside. Um, and it basically tracks your the main things are your sleep, your workouts, and then it gives you like a readiness score every day. So based on how you slept and what your workouts were, the next day it'll give you a sleep score. My on sleep your, on your phone? On like an yeah, app so it's like an app. Yeah, it's an app. So you pay you pay for it. This one is like the older version. You paid just one price, a couple hundred bucks, and you get the app for free. I think now what they're trying to do is you pay a price, but then you also pay like six bucks a month or something like okay, that. It's yeah. not 
It's not I mean, too bad. It's, based, it's Peacock. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so you get the app and it it pops up, you know, gives you all this information based on your heart rate and stuff. I think the newer one, which I ordered, I'm just waiting for it to come. It, it has a little bit more information than it gives you, but it'll detect when you have a workout. And so whenever I go out to the bar and dance, like I'll go back and it'd be like workout detected. And usually it knows... Like, it'll say, like, were you dancing at this time? Yeah. I'm like, hell yeah, I was breaking it down at this time. And it's, it's just funny. And then, you know, my sleep score is terrible mm-hmm. every single day. And I don't know why. I just, I know, I was talking about this with Wendy a little bit last time I was here. But, you know, drinking doesn't help your sleep when you're in a warm room with more light and noise. Like, none of that helps your sleep. Eating sugar before, all these things. But I, like, I'm trying so hard to get a good sleep score. And the sleep is just... I'm, I'm I have no deep sleep. Savage. I need give me some of your deep sleep. It says I'm awake for like two and a half hours every night, and I have yeah. like twelve minutes of deep sleep. Do you look at it's your terrible. phone before you go to bed? I was a lot because I remember you talking to Wendy. Were you talking to Wendy Jones about yes, that? Yes, yes. Yeah, go ahead. And so I was saying, I was telling her, you know, I the blue light thing. We talked about it. It's so bad. And so I was Facetiming Evan. I was dating Evan. Well, I am still dating Evan, but he was in New Orleans. So we were Facetiming all the time before bed. And so I was looking at my screen, but he's in town right now. So I'm, I'm not on my phone at all. So I don't know, but it's still, nothing's really changed. I don't, I don't really know why, but I know the blue light thing is absolutely terrible. And I know that drinking kills too, but sometimes oh I have a one glass of red wine to... and I'm like, yeah. my sleep's actually better. So well, I don't know. The wine is a timing thing because yeah. wine slows down your heart rate. And actually okay, it does. one to two glasses actually uh, prevent a shitload of yeah. heart diseases. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I've for, heard that. I work for a cardiologist yeah. uh, for 17 yeah. years and um, I can't cite the studies, but I can say that years and years of studying uh, red wine or whatever and this and that really, really helps. Well, good to now, know. Now, <laughs> uh, for me personally, for the thing that makes me go to bed, there's uh, I I my whole life I fell asleep watching movies. Yeah, I just uh, whatever and this and that. I used so, to do that too. So right now, Avengers: Infinity Wars, mm-hmm. um, the very beginning of it, every night, uh, whether I'm 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 in bed and I just put on a little a little you know earbuds or I fall asleep on the couch. That guy who who gives them the speech, like you should be <laughs> thankful you're dying for Thanos. Yeah. He's when he says, "Hear me and rejoice," I go. Just out. Good night. Good night. <laughs> it's like some minutes there it's like goats routine. type shit, dude. It is uh, interesting, um, and it's about, and that's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, it, it is about having the same routine that leads you to that very moment. My okay. my wife, she likes to read. Okay, she reads before she goes to bed. But yeah. me, um, I try different things. But if I really need to bang out some sleep, I either just leave the TV on. Mm-hmm. You know, thirty. Not even 30 minute timer, sleep timer, 10 minute sleep timer. Yeah, and you're Hear out. Hear me and rejoice. <laughs> Boom. Knocked. <laughs> a mouth open. Yeah, it's some crazy stuff. So That's funny. So um, I can appreciate having that ring mm-hmm. and how cool it is for California. No, it's been really fascinating. And how bad it is for New Yorkers. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because it's like we detect exercise and the New Yorker is looking at the room like, no, motherfucker. I'm the, the one train downstairs. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm get trying my Metro card and I'm running. Okay. It's like my, my ring said, your ring says you're starting to run. I'm like, yes, there's some guy who keeps asking me, are you Jewish? And I'm trying to walk away from him and he's walking behind me. Are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? And now I'm running and he's running after me. Are you ring Jewish? Detects. Are you Jewish? It's like, Workout no. detected. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's so good. Oh my oh. God. I remember, I lived in the Upper West Side on okay. 87th Street okay. and- if you go further to the, towards the Hudson, yeah. 
there's these big blocks of, mm-hmm. of just savage, awesome um, Jewish communities. And I say awesome because um, the education system's mm-hmm. nice from, from, you know, from pre-K all the way up. But man, occasionally it's it's weird. They ask you, are you Jewish? And when you say no, they just kind of like walk away. They don't say have a nice day. Just kind of. And I'm like, this is some. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, but that was the, one of the caveats I wanted to mention about that neighborhood. Because so so I'm, I'm not like teasing you Jewish people. No. I, I'm the one that gets teased by them. Yep, I mean, if yep. you've ever seen my Afro, right? Yeah, it's called Have you Jew- showed it on this podcast? Yeah. So I show it again. <laughs> this <laughs> is a Jufro. Uh, I had only seen you in a hat for like so long. And it was just yeah. recently I actually saw your hair for the first time. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's Jason. <laughs> I, I have never worn a hat. As much in my life, as much as I've worn it, uh, the five years I've been yeah, in California, yeah. I've never wore a hat. You can see coaching pictures of me coaching mm-hmm. indoor or whatever. I had the hats of the box, the hats yeah, are fade, yeah, low and even, yeah, shaped all. Yeah. And be- because I have this huge forehead, I just showed everybody, we call a... F- Actually, Flat no, head. I take exception to... Thank you. <laughs> How dare them? That's insulting. A forehead? No, it's a fucking it's a five head. <laughs> if you're going to go big, go big. Go, go big home. or go yeah. home, baby. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's just a cute story about the ring. I have the um, Fitbit watch. Okay. And that that that's a really good gauge. But mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know if I like the ring or whatever. Because when you sleep, I don't know if you notice it about your finger. Mm-hmm. Your hands. Uh, swell up. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And does the ring feel tighter? No. So I actually, it was, the hardest part was actually finding the right finger to do it. They say that these fingers are the best. The three fingers in the middle are the best. And I, I think the pointer finger is the best one. But the way my finger, like this finger is shaped like, it's actually wider at the bottom, so it like was really uncomfortable. And then this, the finger that I have it on, my knuckle is bigger, so if I can slide it over my knuckle, it sits in a pretty good spot right here. And even when my fingers swell up, I, I also just think it takes a little bit getting used to. Like definitely, because there are times like when I play volleyball, when I go on the plane, and when I sleep, where my fingers do swell up, and it's a little more uncomfortable. But like. Once you have it on for a long time, you don't really think about it. Like when yeah. I have it off, it I feel weird without let's, it. I want to get a close up of that. Let's um. Middle, should I just flip the camera off on my middle that. finger? <laughs> let's check it out. Boop. There it is. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. it's cool Look though. At that. Yeah. Here's one... my my calluses I'm getting from lifting. But it's, I mean, it's not exactly subtle, is it? It's like it's not. No, no, no. No. Nah. Look, I'm gonna go subtle. back. Someone sees this ring and says, "One ring." To rule them all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so. big, and I never wear rings. Well, I don't play. I play in this, and mm. I, you know, I don't. I didn't get the whoop because I thought it'd be uncomfortable to play in. So I, I got this just because it's a little. It's a big ring, but I felt like when I was passing, wearing a like I couldn't wear an Apple Watch when I was playing because like if the ball hit weird on when I was wearing it. It kind of. It just was not very comfortable for me. So I got the ring, and I do really like it. Um, a lot of people like the Fitbit. A lot of people like the Whoop. Those are the other two things yeah. that are. They're all very similar. The different, but similar. But um, once I saw that April was wearing this, Jake and Taylor were wearing this. I was like, I gotta yeah. get this. Like it's super cool. I mean, <laughs> we're not gonna confirm or deny if actually Taylor Crab actually gets sleep at night. But I'm <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, particularly night, nights before tournaments. Particularly nights before tournaments. Score. But but um, <laughs> some tells me April does. I think they're they're. She's posted. She kicks ass. She sleeps so good. I'm like, what? How? I I think because she kicks ass. She's just doesn't keep her up at night. She's like, ah, I think I got this down. She's just a superhero. Yeah. 
She really is. And and I definitely think there's a correlation with men and women. If they ever did a study on um, the amount of hours sleep women get and the amount of hours sleep men get, I think women uh, um, probably hold higher value to it. Mm -hmm. You know, also men have men have bullshit jobs. Right. The finance world. Uh, my wife's in the finance world. Mm -hmm. It's it's man, it's male dominated. Yeah. But you know what? She getting my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, like, go F yourselves. I'm getting my sleep. Exactly. So I want to post this because this is what we looked at the uh, the Wendy Jones thing. And mm -hmm. I want people to take a look at it. This is from the Cleveland Clinic. And it's a pretty good article. And we're not going to get into detail because I'm, yeah. um, um, you know, you see how I'm doing right now. It's reasonably, we should be talking about volleyball, right? That's but, all right. But, um, I mean, this is okay. This yeah. is all, all related. Yeah. So this is... Um, from the Cleveland Clinic and just Google search, um, put the phone away, three reasons why looking at it before bed is a bad habit. Mm -hmm. So, um, we're, and again, that's something, we're, we're skating off this, maybe, or maybe not, but we're not gonna read it for everybody verbatim. I want y'all to look it up. And Everyone and should do, everyone Savvy, should Savvy and I will co-sign, it's, it's, it's a good read. It is, it yeah. is, and I just think it's important, I think. I mean, but this is, I know we're not talking about volleyball specific, but just as an athlete, the sleep thing is super important. So it, that's a big thing why I got the ring. I was like, why am I so tired? And I found out I sleep like shit. So it's it's good to see it. I mean, you have to know. And so I'm still trying to figure out what helps me sleep better and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a reasonable tangent to go on. Hell yeah. You you bring me in here, we're going to be... Oof, I mean, I could talk to you for hours, okay. so this is dangerous. This is dangerous, deadly duo over know. here. And if you look at the pattern of my <laughs> podcast, like how long some of them have been, there's some where I feel like they prepare to come on a long time and then in an hour in i'm like I th I, that's all i got like todd mm -hmm. todd rogers yeah um i in my mind i think this guy's coaching cal poly mm -hmm. and he's taking a break and you know after practice or between practices and i'm like he's making this time for me so i feel like i want to accommodate him and then when the podcast is over so so how's it going what have you been up to yeah. and i'm just like shit he was he was ready and, he was and, so ready, and yeah. sometimes i just gotta give these these this generation of older generation of play of uh, former players yeah. and coaches the benefit of the doubt that they're ready mm -hmm. same thing with holly but like you and me i feel like we can watch this all the way up to the ufc saturday night <laughs> <laughs> you know so um so pretty much let's do you i just i'm doing a poll because this is um live right huh. now oh cool so i want to do a poll you're a back row defender Mm -hmm. Yeah, t with t Tony. So, mm -hmm. Savage Simo should stay with Tony. <laughs> or two. I was going to say be a whore, but that's not nice. And we're probably going to have to delete that. We're going to have to delete that part out. Uh, but, I mean, volleyball players know what I mean, but everybody's like. I do. But I in, get but exactly what you're saying. But in this softest cotton climate, they're going to be like, did you hear what Jason said yeah, I, I five years ago? I knew ago? exactly what you meant. <laughs> Um, how should we phrase it then? I don't want to say be her. I'm going to be like, um, explore. That's good. Let's explore. That's good. I mean, you're still young, man. That's I ain't good. trying to get you canceled. Just, just, just saying <laughs> shit on this podcast. I don't feel right. <laughs> you know? So let's save that. And that's our poll. Fascinating. That's I didn't cool. even know we could do it. I just saw it. Just, uh, I just sick. saw it just you're now. Like, wow. <laughs> We're learning a lot. <laughs> And here's the problem. This isn't going to last live for long because I'm doing a, a certain um, frames per second yeah. that Facebook hasn't adjusted to. Mm -hmm. So 30 minutes in, they, they say my bit rate has exceeded the okay. max rate. And yeah. and then it starts getting choppy. And if you look at it right now, look at the screen right now. Yeah. You can see like the... Oh, it's a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's I can see right it. Now, yeah. But, but, but the sound doesn't do that. Yeah. It's just... But, like, that's, but that's not where we get our recording anyway. We have the... 
Exactly. We have this. All the fantastic technology. There it is. This, ladies and gentlemen, when the world goes to hell and if this whole room shut down, that thing keeps ticking. She goes, oh. (laughs) It's awesome. So let's talk a little bit seriousness, but Mm -hmm. um, no, let's just talk a little bit. Should we talk about the poll? Should we talk about what you just put up there? Oh, Savvy Simo should stay with her partner Mm -hmm. or explore. Do they really know? I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Before I say what I have to say, is there something you want to say first? No, I just don't know if they, you know, this whole volleyball, this whole season is so fascinating. It's always kind of fascinating, but I love, so you guys, Tony, you're going to have her on the podcast probably Thursday. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. She's awesome. I hope went so. To LSU. I mean, I, I saved the space for her. Yeah. But, yeah. Whenever she want to. Yeah. Went to LSU. She's a total stud. We lo- we're really good friends. Love playing together. But if you don't know beach volleyball, there's a point system. Mm-hmm. And in order to qualify for events, you have to have points, which base- that's all based on. Obviously, your finishes in these tournaments, but we—I mean, we just graduated from college, and so we don't have very many finishes, and we haven't even played that many events. And so, to play together, at least right now, doesn't make a ton of sense. And so, you—you know—you have to make a decision: do you play with someone that you enjoy, but you—you ha- you might not even get a chance to play, or do you go explore, like you said, go explore other options? And so, we've had this talk a lot, and. We're going to have to explore, which we're both very open about with each other. And we, we have to be. We have to just go see what the other opportunities are. We're both reaching out to other people, going to start training with other people, and and see how it goes. I mean, this season's so interesting with the new point system, the new – the whole setup of the AVP is a little bit different this year. So that pull, I mean, it's – Everyone, I've been talking to a lot of people about that. Do I stay with Tony? It's like Taryn and Kristen. Do they stay together? Do they split up for the international stuff to go get points? It's not a question. Exactly. That's not a question. It's so hard. May I? Yeah. The floor is yours. Because you use Kristen and Taryn, um, citing as a pretext, which is where we, we were probably going to go anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and only using them as an example, because you really can't pick a better one at this, because exactly. uh, we're prisoners at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. If you are who you think you are, what do you care about in anyone else's point system? Why do you give a fuck? Okay? Savvy, this is who you are. I was going to mm-hmm. ask you, but that, that that's almost insulting to ask you if this is who you are. Just say, oh, I didn't get all dressed up for nothing. You know, you're, you're out here. Do so I look is, dressed up? I'm just I'm this, just This is as fucking my... dressed up <laughs> as you're going to look, all right? Me and my <laughs> leggings and, yeah, I'm, I'm comfy. Man, I'm working this, this fourth camera like a mother today. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you are who you say you are. And if you know that you can only get better having chemistry, because we've mm-hmm. seen so many talented players not win a tournament. Mm-hmm. Sponsor, right? She did pretty good in the FIVB. She still hasn't won an AVP championship. And she and, and mind you, she's she has good chemistry. Or at mm-hmm. that time at that time when they went straight Jakari's mode and mm-hmm. won those two four stars, yeah. they had the chemistry. Um but I have a secret for you that a lot of the top players are not going to like me for, but I don't really give a damn, all right? Where's the camera? (laughs) I'm not this way because I'm on camera. I'm on camera because I'm this way, all right? So we got that out (laughs) of the way, all right? So they care about their money first and then helping people second. So if they see someone like you, they will borrow you 
and the relationship will be very, very temporary unless you are Taylor Crab, <laughs> this absolute G, and then you're back where you started from and you've lost so much time mm -hmm. when you could have just stayed with that partner and eventually gotten there anyway. There will be no hostile takeover of the men's and women's top five if people don't stick together. Yeah. They, 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 it's just not going to happen. Banesh is the only example, and he's with Billy Allen right now. And, I mean, Adam Robbins probably wasn't his better choice either because Adam's a little, uh, I won't say longer the two because he's resuscitated his career. Mm -hmm. But but uh, how about Evan Corey? Evan Corey and Logan Weber, they won so many tournaments that they punched their own ticket into into the, the Gold Series, right? The mm -hmm. Manhattan Beach. And then um, after not qualifying Atlanta, tell everybody what they did. They went, well, after, they went right after, Seaside. yeah, they didn't qualify for Atlanta. They got on a flight and went straight to Seaside. And they Gangster. won Seaside. Which gave them what? Uh, that, that was the that Chicago, Chicago bid. And they already had Manhattan. Yeah. So. And right now, listen, Logan made a decision to play with Hayden. And I, I, I don't like it, but I, I'm not, I'd be a fool to say I don't understand it's it's a chance to gain experience and i get that and mm -hmm. and evan didn't wind up in the so bad situation myself because i my sources are already told me because people just feed me information he's with he's with um bill right so um it, word travels fast man i yeah. i i mean well i have roots in wisconsin yeah so yeah. um there were there were verbal confirmations and mm -hmm. and i knew before i even before travis who's who even covers the sport so mm -hmm. um but i'm i am told not to say shit so so otherwise i wouldn't and i and i won't because i won't have a podcast mm -hmm. I, it wouldn't be a volleyball podcast if i did that so exactly. enough enough about me mm -hmm. um i would like to see more people stay together i agree win tournaments have have tournaments where you have complete fucking meltdowns, cry together, um, heal together. You get together, stronger together. Yeah. And get stronger mm -hmm. together. All right. Because um, th that is a general way to develop. Mm -hmm. Now, there are outliers. Because yep. I don't want to sound like I'm just bashing those guys and calling them selfish. Uh, well, no, I am calling them selfish. But it doesn't mean that their selfishness doesn't come from a righteous place. Mm -hmm. They're not just going to roll up and have everybody and keep someone for the next three years. If mm -hmm. they, if, if, if that's not an investment for them, right? Yep. Taylor Crab, Jacob, good investment yeah right taylor 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 hasn't and wouldn't win win, win avp out without him and the, the, with the crabs with his him and his brother trevor coming razor close mm -hmm. so that's my opinion on it and it's not a popular opinion but that's what this is about this this is not uh, uh, my, my free speech is not here to protect popular speech my free speech is here to protect unpopular speech mm -hmm. and and we if we don't have these conversations where i i, I leave myself open for criticism or even you for that matter mm -hmm. then there's no there's no way to get past obstacles. We yeah. just keep kicking the can down the road. Yeah. How old is Casey Patterson, right? How old is How old is Jay Gibb? How old is Phil Dahlhauser, who mm -hmm. who who left but not really, right? Yeah. I Casey Jennings asked Casey Patterson, "Would young Casey Patterson let old Casey Patterson get away with this?" And he said, "Absolutely not." And that's really all everybody needs to know about mm -hmm. that. So that's just my opinion on it. So for you and Tony, unless it's an obvious failed marriage you got to give it a chance mm -hmm. you got to give it a chance and and you can't fucking sell out for points you yeah. uh, just just for its own sake because yeah. those relationships are very temporary yeah you know does that make sense it totally does and i think yeah. that's it's a very interesting dynamic right now with everyone who's on the tour there's the people who are like you got to play with people who have points and then there's this group that's like fuck the points play with someone who you enjoy and have fun with and you have good chemistry with and 
we're somewhere in the middle because we don't have points. Right. I have some. Yeah. Tony has less. Mm-hmm. And all people keep saying are, you got to play with people who have points. You got to play with people. And then there's some people that are like, you got to stick together because you play so well together and you have a chance to get better together and all these different things. I am a big believer in in team chemistry. Yeah. Like I play my best level when I'm with someone who I enjoy being on the court with, who I have fun with, who I'm comfortable with. That's when I play my best. I don't yeah. play well when I'm uncomfortable or when I, when I am not super close with someone because I'm like nervous, awkward. Like I'm not an awkward person, but I never yeah. want to ever feel uncomfortable or like, I never want to know. I, I never, I always want to know what the other person's thinking. If I'm not super yeah. close to them, I can't be as open with them. Um, with this new MVP thing, the first two events of the season are pro. There's tour is the lowest pro series is the middle. And then there's the gold series. The first two events are pro event pro series events. Okay. Which so one? what's the first two? G- give me a Austin in yeah. May, beginning of May and new Orleans. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be there, for which new is Orleans. sick. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. I hope I can play. So, but there's no qualifier for those two events. Okay. Unless they add a tour series beforehand, because the tour events now, which I think is really great, the instead of having these, but are there bids? Are there bid tournaments? Are there, are there might situations? Be. I think there's still a lot of stuff up in the air. Because even for the gold series, there are bids. There, yeah, there, even for the 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 big money. Oh, wink, yeah. wink. Uh, um, yeah, there, there's bids, right? Yeah. That's how uh, Corey and Weber got into Manhattan I Beach. I think there's and, bids. And, and the, yeah, that's so, how the Brazilians got into Manhattan yeah, Beach. Yeah, so there's the t- those tour events that are kind of like the AVP next. Right. Instead of just those being in a, like, you can, I think the top four people yeah. qualify for, I think, the pro series events. And you right. can make money. So you don't just fly to a qualifier for an event and lose and make $0 and don't qualify. You at least have a chance to qualify while making money, oh, which so is like cool. paid to show money. Got it. Yeah. So it's, but I think there's still a lot of uncertainty because the first two events don't have a qualifier beforehand as of right now. So that's why we're all kind of scrambling. Like we all want to play in these events, but if there's no qualifier, so is it just double elimination event or is it pool play or I whatever? I think it's double elimination. Okay. I assume, but they take, however, maybe 16, maybe 24. I don't really know. I'm like the worst person to ask. I'm still trying to figure out this. And how system. many of the top five teams you think are going to be at Austin? You think all? I mean, I, I think, I'm pretty sure that that date is the same date as an FIVB event. I looked and I I think there's an FIVB event on New Orleans, but I think Austin's open. I could be right. wrong though. I could and New be Orleans wrong. is more money. New Orleans, I'm and that's just sick. I mean, I I I visited sh- Evan in New Orleans and been. I think it's really really cool. Did you did you see the setup at Coconut Beach? Mm-hmm. Well, I went to the AVP next yeah. last summer and it's so rad. Like, wasn't just, it wasn't it a first class setup? It's so cool. So I think this is going to, it's one of the pro series ones. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not the most, it's not like the big money, but it's not one of the smaller events. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the middle one. And I, I think it, that's, it's so cool. So like, and obviously Tony's from there, Evan's from, we all want to go play in that. Like it's such a cool opportunity, but if there's no qualifier, me and Tony will not get in with the points we have. Right. That's the thing. And so we have to start thinking like, and that's the same thing with Taryn and Kirsten. Like that's why I brought them up for the international stuff. If they have no points, can they even get into a, even a futures event? Well, country no quotas. I mean, there's no more country quotas, I don't think. Oh, Jesus Christ. How I think there's qualifiers can... still, but I think they eliminated country quotas. So that's the thing. There's all these moving pieces. I still think there's a lot that, of uncertainty. That should, the country quotas should be there. That, in theory, 
Mm-hmm. Because we we seen how they're playing, that should yeah. have been that should be and should have been their ticket in. Yeah, they're a top four team right now, top mm-hmm. three, maybe even top two. No, mm-hmm. I'll just say top two. They beat the brakes off a of sponsor. They're, ama- to, they're two amazing. Out of three times. They're amazing. And I, why Here's, would they split up? Right. The only, like, why would they ever have to split up? Never. But it's because of this system. They like, I think they're planning on stick to, sticking together. So how do they determine who goes? Who represents USA Volleyball? These people, they they. They, there was three stops on the goal tour last mm-hmm. year. They won one mm-hmm. from the qualifier, mm-hmm. all right? And then semis for one, and then fifth for one. That's the I thing. mean, The points, that's the issue. That's the hard part is, is I, I would love to say F the points. I, I'm going to go play with who I want to play with. But the, that's the whole thing is the, the point system. And so yeah. I think the points are resetting right now. Okay. From the people who had it, because with COVID and everything, and there's injury points and pregnancy points, do and all pe- these different things. Do people get to? Sit, that's what I was gonna say. How, who's sitting on their points? Who gets to sit on I, their points? I you know? don't really. No, it's not a question to answer. Oh, oh, that's oh. Just I'm a trying to think. I'm like, who our, actually has? No, but that's a question for our audience to explore. I think you so, can like, have. Who's, who's if you get injured, you can like freeze your points. I don't know for how long. It's like X amount of time you can freeze your points for injury and pregnancy. I think that's that makes sense. What you can do. Um, said amen. Sam said amen. Uh, <laughs> Big time um, referee, indoor referee. Oh, nice. In Hawaii. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, so you can have these points, but I think because of COVID, everyone who had points, I think 2020, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the 2020 season, those three events that they had in Long Beach didn't count for points. Okay. So I think that people still had points from 2019 in 2021 so they had points from two years ago right versus all of me taryn chris and tony all of us younger generation coming in mm-hmm. i mean at least for me i played indoor and so i never did avp events until yeah. this summer right and so this is like my first time trying to get some points and i did okay i did decent i qualified for atlanta i played manhattan was on and i did okay in some of the avp next so i got some points i have like 700 points or something like that yeah. Um, Which is what you would have if somebody picked you up on a temporary relationship. For sure. And, ma- and you, do you see how the math no, works on I this get one? It. Yeah. Okay. And I that's been the hardest thing for me, I think, in this sport. Yes, it's an individual sport and you have to motivate yourself and all these things. It's expensive and we're not making that much money. All these things. But I I love the community aspect. I loved being at UCLA and playing in college because it was so team oriented, even though Beach is your partner. Yeah. You still were on and a team. And there's a shitload of things you didn't have to pay for too. Man. Well, it's great exactly. not having not having to have exactly. a gym membership. Yeah. Not having to pay for coaches. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I know. I'm still trying to figure out the coach. I mean, there's so many things paying for travel mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But the hardest thing for me, I mean, you know, I'm I'm sensitive. I'm a softie. I, lo- I love my relationships with people. I love... Like one of my favorite things about this sport is the the friendships and the connections that I've made. And it's so hard because you kind of have to be on, you're on your own and you have to look out for yourself. And I always want to look out for other people and help other people, especially me and my partner. Like Mm. I don't ever want to bail on my partner. And maybe there's a time where like you should bail because there's this really great opportunity, but I don't want to burn the bridge with the person that I'm playing with. I don't want to bail on them. And so maybe I need to get more cutthroat and more gnarly. It's, it's, it's something I'm trying to figure out because I can be, if, if I really need to be, or if I really want to be, but I'm sensitive. I'm so, and I love people. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Like you have partner, um, you do have partner breakup guilt. 
I don't like breakups. I don't, I hate that. That's even like, oh, uh, it's so hard. Like is, I'm is, done most, I'm in a very emotional person. So when I'm, when is, I. Does it feel like breaking up with a boyfriend? Yes. It's terrible. He's like, I'm glad you asked that. Of course. It's terrible. Unless you end on bad terms or it's mutually mutual thing. But again, this is so new for me. I don't, I haven't really had like partner breakup really. Like I went through a couple different partners last season, but none of which were like, oh, we had this bad breakup or whatever. Like, you know, we all were all, I played with Megan Craft and Abby and, and then I played with Tony and I was going to play with Lexi, but she had an opportunity to play with Maria Salgado and they did great. And so I committed to a bunch of girls, younger people, my age, college players, um, that either had called, you know, they had to go back to school for the later events or they signed up with another per partner for this event, which is totally fine. Like me and Meg played in Atlanta and then she signed up with Tina for Manhattan and they were obviously like play with Tina. She's incredible. And then she had to go back to school. Yeah. So, and I played with Abby. I loved playing with Abby. She's awesome. She's a great friend of mine. And so I never really had like a breakup really. And then I, you know, me and Tony did well in the AVP next in Clearwater in October of 2021 and kind of been playing ever since. So I haven't really had to go through that, but that's literally like my biggest fear. Like I, I hate that. Yeah. And I, and it's, you know, right now, you know, people want to talk about partner stuff and, hey, what are you doing and this, that. And you have to be straightforward. It's a balance between, like, being straightforward but not being a bitch. Right. Like, you have to kind of find the balance of, well, you know, and being yourself you're at doing, the same time. But be I think honest. you're doing the right thing because yeah. it's a conversation that you're, you, the two of you um, uh, were in full disclosure, right? Mm -hmm. um, you were very explicit um, in this, this temporary marriage how, or, or permanent marriage or whatever with Tony. So mm -hmm. something you, uh, as long as you're dialoguing, we're communicating it, it on the same yeah. page. That's and this, look, they're still going to be hurt if you break up, but it's, it definitely softens the blow. If it's something where they had like, shit, you know, I, I, I didn't, I can't say I didn't see this coming. I, 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 I had, I, you put yourself in a position where you expect the best, but you prepare for the worst. Yeah. Now, with that being said, right, Kristen Nuss, Taryn Cloth needed points to qualify. Atlanta, did they care? No. No, they just went and did it. No. Yeah. Mastrini and, and Mastrini, mm -hmm. Lily and Larissa had to qualify for Chicago. Did they care? No. Made the finals, actually. Mm -hmm. So Nuss and Cloth won. Actually, that first game was like 21 11. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's doing video work for sponsoring Clays, but man, <laughs> that's like walking down the street in New York and then someone randomly walks by you and like punches you in your face and you're just like, yeah. why? I mean, they're <laughs> what so. What the did I do? They're no, but my. So talented. All right, here, and here's. It leads me to my second yeah. question How good do you feel you are as an individual, if not collectively as a mm -hmm. team, that you feel like you you um maybe are not do, doing that boss shit that the uh, the brazilians and close mm -hmm. enough are doing but qualify as close enough mm -hmm. and i think you are close enough because if you if i'm reminding people to, to who did who did you have to beat well tell everybody who you had to beat to get into atlanta to get into atlanta uh, the first Who's the team, most important? Fuck, I beat, all I beat Larissa and Lily in the center. That's round. it. That's all. I mean, the other. And then I had to play Lexi and Maria yeah. Salgado in the third. It's, we're not obligated to remember mm -hmm. the others because if we were, they would have been in the main fucking draw. I'm mm -hmm. just being real. Yeah. This that's a real team you beat. That was a bronze medalist team uh, 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 playing with uh, um, a partner who brings new meaning to the word chemistry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Can I tell you a story about them? Yeah. And They're awesome. I've never told. I never said this on camera, but I think I'm ready. Um, because it's related to this uh, and just um, forgiveness and understanding and mm -hmm. empathy. I'm at Coconut Beach, right? 
um i got some center court spots to call mm-hmm. specific mostly the men yeah. and mostly the cali bear athletes yeah. rafu and ed or yeah, whatever so yeah. they hooked it up so i can call all of their matches yeah. i ended up calling the finals and the semifinals, larissa and lily and i said man they look good and it's one of the players and i won't name him i'm gonna protect him because i want to fuck him up um said that's not that's not lily that's larissa and i'm like no, that's 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 not Larissa. <laughs> the cheekbones or whatever. And then his friend next to him says, no, that's Larissa, right? So then I call someone over. And I'm not going to say his name either. And I'm like, because I'm on, on the stage and he don't want to come over. And I'm on the stage and I'm bending down. Yeah. Is that woman Larissa? And then he looks at the other two guys and he looks at me and says, yes. So I find that it's this inside joke. They, they pull this rib on me. And for an entire <laughs> match, which they deleted, by the way, I'm calling her Larissa. Yeah. I'm rock star. I'm I'm giving bios on people. I knew Andrew when Andrew won the pot. Dentler won the Pottstown Rumble. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, his career at George Mason. So I'm just, I'm um, I'm in my mode. Yeah. And, and and I felt like it all got straw man and ruined by me calling this fucking person. I sh- what I should know better. Yeah. As long as I've been in the indoor and beach game, I should know that's fucking not Larissa. Yeah. So I'm just being open about that story. So Atlantic City. I had to buy her flowers, not had to, but I was you like, did. look, here's flowers for you. Here's flowers for her. Here's some dark chocolate for you. Here's some dark chocolate for her. Here's a Slunk's tank top t-shirt. I only got one. Y'all going to have to fight each other. Over. But <laughs> but I, I, all I'm trying to say is I'm sorry. Yeah. I said my birthday's this weekend. And the only thing I want for my birthday is your forgiveness. And then um, Larissa says, don't make me cry. And she gives me a hug. And, She's and, so and, and we squash it. Yeah. I actually have that on video because Dougie Fresh. Yeah. Dougie Fresh taped it for me because mm-hmm. Dougie Fresh said they're mad at you. And Chris Chips, whose response is like, dude, then you fucked up. They're mad at you. And I'm just like, I don't want my entire weekend. To be ruined, yeah. To be, to take this, this small moment as this straw man fallacy. So, and... It's weird because it was supposed to be connected to this and I think mm-hmm. I messed up. I think I messed up. No, you didn't. I mean, it, that's the thing though. That I want to, I, that's a good point is how easily she forgave you and how, how sensitive she is too. Dark chocolate does that for a woman. Yeah, it does. Antioxidants. Flowers, yeah, yeah, man. Aphrodisiac. Yeah. <laughs> it was red panty night that night. Uh, Damn it. There's the tangent. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, we're deleting this live. What okay. I was saying <laughs> is when you play them on the court, they're gnarly. Like they're yeah. They want nothing to do with you. Like they are super ultra competitive. But every time off the court, they've been so sweet to me. I love their little baby, the little blonde white haired. He is the cutest thing ever. I don't know whose parents come to every tournament, if it's Larissa or Lily's parents. I think it's one of their parents and they yeah. take care of the little the little baby and they're the sweetest people ever and I just think that's it's so cool you can be super gnarly on the court but then off the court it's it's, it's all good. we're all friends we're yeah. it's it's all good and and they are incredibly talented amazing players especially mm-hmm. now that they play together so when me and Meg beat them that was like it was huge for us it was it was really and it's because I have so much respect for them that, that's much, why it means so much. How much did that help your psyche? A lot. A lot. And just, and like all the work we put in and then you go and compete against these girls and you win and then we qualified, we ended up beating Sponsel and Clays and that was one weekend where I was like, I finally feel like I belong here because it's hard when you're first getting into this, like, you know, 
to feel like you're good enough to do it. Because you come out of college, yes, you know, I was in the ones at UCLA, I had won national championships, these things, but still you come out here and you're by, you're on your own and it's, you have to motivate yourself. Yeah. You have to, unless you have enough money to pay for a coach and pay for all these things that, you know, help. I mean, I didn't have a coach. I didn't have, I wasn't lifting. I wasn't doing it. I was just out there playing and I I finally felt like I believed in myself. But you know what was cool too is playing with Meg and pretty much everyone I've been playing with, which is why it's so important to me, is I was having fun right. and I was enjoying I, enjoying what I'm doing. Like why, why do it if you don't enjoy it? And I think with this whole points thing, people may lose sight of the fun in it. Like they want to, people want to do so well. Obviously I want to do well too. Yeah. I want to be in the main draw. I don't want to have to qualify. That sucks. It's tiring. But I, you know, if you're playing with someone who's fun and you enjoy playing with, maybe you go play an extra three matches, four matches and you're more tired, but you're still having fun. And you know, if I start playing this game, like it's my job, uh, you know, yeah. I don't think that's going to go very well for me. Obviously I need to be, super competitive and I need to be mature and responsible and all the, all these different things. But at the end of the day, you know, I woke up and I, I was on the beach this morning playing volleyball and when I'm playing, did it feel I, like, I have, did it feel like yoga? Kind. I mean, well, today was a little more frustrating. I am working on a lot of things and I was pretty bad today and I was tired from F 45, but that's the thing is prac, you know, when you're out there, maybe when you're working on some stuff, you're having a tough day on the beat, you know, it's just not your best day. You're like, shit, that sucked. But then you, 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 you know, I got off the sand. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's my bad day. If that's my bad day, th- then life. this is a good freaking life. It's a good life. life. Yeah. It's a good freaking life. And I'm just content with, you know, I'm starting to make more friends around here. Cause I, I, I'm from Southern California, but I was commuting from San Diego. So like all yeah. last summer, I just didn't really feel like I had, really infiltrated the group and like really felt like I belonged. Like when I qualified for Atlanta, I'm like, okay, I deserve to be here. I can compete with these girls, but I still was like not friends with everyone because I just didn't know anyone. And now I'm finally hanging out with more people and I'm spending more time here because I live here now. And I am feeling like I belong now on and off the court in this area. Cause this is a, this is a tight little bubble around here. Like this, this is a, it's a small little community. It's a small family. And if I can keep making these friends, I mean, that's, it makes me so happy. And yeah. I, I'm just, I'm in a very good spot in my life mentally. Like I'm mm-hmm. just really content with my life. And yes, the partner stuff is stressful. And yes, thinking about the money stuff is stressful. I'm broke, all these different things, but like, this is a damn good life. And I'm just really happy to be here and to be competing against the best people to be competing with the best people. And like, like if I wasn't playing be volleyball, I wouldn't be sitting here right now doing this no. and talking to you. And like, and, and, this is a connection that I've made that I'm so happy I made. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm stuff not like that. just, I'm, look, I'm not just professionally, um, eternally grateful, mm-hmm. but I am personally, mm-hmm. um, giddy uh, at, yeah. w- at what we're doing right yeah. now. Shooting back and forth. Like it's a fucking tonight show. Okay. Look, so, look, we're um, just in your chat. Like this is, it's <clears> just casual. It's fun. This is so yeah. natural. It's like, it's, it's selfish on my part because I knew, <laughs> I knew the conversation we have would be colorful enough mm-hmm. to get to, to, to increase viewership. So some of it's selfish. I know you right? have all your questions right here. Have we, have we gone through any of them yet? Or, um, <laughs> actually some, there were some, some that, that were supposed to be in the middle, scattered. but I'm just, there were two I could just cross yeah. off now. Yeah. So there's uh, two important things mm-hmm. I'm going to say before I have my, uh, a question. For yeah. You. One, 
I really love the story about Larissa and, and um, mm-hmm. Lily. I was going to say Tilly again. Uh, um, <laughs> being gracious in victory or defeat. Yeah. Because you are a West Coast person and you do know that out here we have something called California sore winter. Mm-hmm. The, these people are your friend. How you doing? Where you from? And then when they beat you, sometimes they act like dicks. All right. You see it more in the indoor scene than the beach scene, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It does exist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two, um, John Mayer. Um, and this is leading to the question mm-hmm. about um, surrounding yourself with people that you love and trust and that make it fun for you to come to work. All yeah. right. So John Mayer, I was the director of operations, which is really just another way of saying assistant coach because you re- you're only allowed to, but exactly. it's the big fucking yeah. secret before yeah. the gig is up. We got to <laughs> You got to tell these DO, you got, right? You got to tell these DO, um, yep. DOO is a shut yep. up. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. um, I mean, Al- right. Alzina couldn't yes. be a DOO. There's no fucking way yep. Alzina, Alzina mm-hmm. had to be a coach, but, um, and, and he's on here too. Mm-hmm. So, He's awesome. um, so John Mayer, at the end of practice, says something that if you do it the wrong way, it makes people feel bad about themselves. But he didn't. He says, look, he says, all right, guys, you can come to practice. Right. And I, I saw some of you out there doing your own thing. And and that's OK, because um, so you have a choice. You can come here and you can just do all the things that you're good at, you know, and get a couple of reps and, and you leave and you feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. He says, but do you get better? And a lot of people are like, no. And he's like, well, no, not no. He says, maybe, but maybe not. And he says, um, but you you present an option of no, mm-hmm. right? Yes, the option of yes, you can, maybe you get better is still there. But now you just open another option to not get better. He says, or you can come to practice. You can get your, and some things you get your butt kicked and you leave and you learn something and you still feel better. Yeah. And he says, does everyone understand what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, yes, coach. And this leads to my question where are you right now as far as people to scrimmage against mm-hmm. coach coaches you trust mm-hmm. okay sponsors who who back you where are you as far as building and presenting an environment where you look forward to coming to work yeah i <clears throat> it's a very good question Thank you for your p- being patient for, for the whole fucking no, story. And that's all that a stuff. very good question. Um, I I'm kind of in the middle here. So I have some sponsors and I have some coaches that I trust, but I haven't committed to any coach yet because it depends on, you know, both partners need to like them. I need to be able to afford it. All these different things that, the fact that I even think These have to parts, think about yeah. it is crazy, but I have to. Um, I love the training groups that I have. I've been playing with everyone and anyone on the beach. I mean, it's cool. Like everyone yeah. has each other's phone number, and every week it's a, it's different people to train against. Sometimes we we repeat, but it's fantastic. You, you know, like and and it's really cool to see what you know. For example, we trained um, against Kelly and Betsy the other day. And I, I love, they were, their energy was great. And I loved the practice that Jordan ran. Like, I just, I thought it was really cool, you know, d- different than anything I had seen before. But I, 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 I love the community I've been training against and, and pretty much everyone I've been training with or against has been super awesome. So I'm totally content there. The coach thing is, is one thing that I'm definitely lacking, um, mostly because of financial stuff. Yeah, the ones that actually know they're, they're, what they're doing don't come cheap. Yeah, right. exactly. Mostly because financial and, <clears throat> you know, 
me and Tony were like we're both training with other people too. We're we're yeah. we're, we're still season not till May. We have our options open, and so it's like okay, if I train with someone who has a coach, I'm gonna, you know, that's great. And I'm the type of person to like, I'm pretty flexible with whatever coach. Like, as long as you know what you're talking about, which pretty much everyone out here does. I'm I'm okay with the feedback you give me. And I have all these things that I want to work on. So I just present that to them before the practice. Like, hey, I, I got a lot of shit to work on. These are three things that I really want to focus on. If you see it, let me know. And that helps a lot give them the feedback that I need to continue to get better. Um, and then the sponsor stuff is great. I got an Oakley sponsorship and then I have another sponsorship um, from a company back home. And they're giving me a good chunk of money, which is great. And obviously, I want to keep building that because I, I, I want to – and I'm working. I, I'm the Miracosta um, JV coach for the beach volleyball team, which is awesome. I'm getting good, I'm getting good money for that, but it's only a couple Who, times a week. Who's running it? Nancy Reynolds. Okay. Well, I call it Nancy Mason is how I know her, but I think right. Reynolds is her married name now, I think. Yeah. I don't think she um, minds either. I don't think she cares right. either. She's, you, and she's great. Yeah, when you build a name, right? Yeah, and I, and I trust her too, and she's awesome. And um, so I do that a couple times a week, but then the sponsor stuff helps. I want to start competing so I can, you know, it's always great to compete and get some money on the side. That's really exciting. Um, I would love to lock down a coach partner and a few more sponsorships. That would be ideal. But like I said, I'm, I'm pretty content right now with where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I've found a way to not really stress about this stuff. I really, I truly believe that everything's going to work out how it's supposed to. And as long as I'm putting in all the effort and I'm making the connections and it's not only effort on the court, it's effort off the court. It's going to the weight room. And also the, the amount of text messages that I'm sending and receiving during the day, just volleyball related is crazy. Like there's a lot of moving pieces. Like this girl, it was a funny question. This girl that I was giving a lesson to, she's like, so what do you do? Like during the day, like, what do you do? Like, what's your job? Like if as a professional player, what do you do? I'm like, well, I practice in the morning. Normally sometimes in the afternoon, I like to play in the wind just to get the wind training, but most people play in the morning. Um, sometimes I coach in the afternoon and I'm like, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, what do I do every day during the day? Like sometimes I lift, but a lot of it is like, I'm just at home and I'm not doing work. I'm not getting paid to do what I'm doing, but I'm all these moving pieces and like, okay, this, the sponsor that I have at home wanted me to order some bathing suits. They were going to reimburse me for so they could put on their company logo on it. And like, that took me a couple hours to just, you know, look through bikini. It's like all these related things that like, doesn't seem like it would take up that much time, but it does. Like there are so many moving pieces, like coordinating practice. Like I'm currently, I'm always, you know, in my planner, trying to plan stuff, doing stuff like the sand cast, all these little things that are centered around volleyball, but it's not really work. I'm not getting paid to do it, but it all goes into it. But it's your brand. It all goes into it. It's your brand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look, right now, given your age, you are in a position where, um, and because you're totally oblivious to it, it's the most liberating feeling in the world. This is, (laughs) this is one, one less thing you got to stress the fuck out about. All right. You are in a position where your brand and your bottom line are the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, this is why I ask you questions and I'm having fun or whatever. But I'm for the AVP and anyone watching, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask this girl a question that's gonna fuck with her brand. <laughs> I, pro- I guys, I promise you, I attack volleyball players with volleyball, and, and, <laughs> right? And, and if that's and if that's the problem, they can step off. Mm-hmm. But um, you're in a position, and I hate bringing it up because I don't want you to go home thinking about this. No, I mean, your brand, I've probably already your, thought about your it. Your brand and your bottom line. For educating the people at home, your bottom line is your groundedness. That's your rent money. That's how you, that's how you eat, 
that's how you live that's how you mm -hmm. that's the, the bed you sleep on your brand is something that you i'll just say it straight it's a lot of fucking free work you got to do to to eventually get paid mm -hmm. right and i think you 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 are in a very good place because as long as you keep your nose in the work you're not thinking about those other things that because stress is a real thing man stress will real. make your fucking belly round okay it's you're doing 100 sit-ups and because you're stressed yeah. and you're like i still got this i still got this kangaroo pouch. Yeah. so um and that was something i wanted to point out i think i think that at least on, on a positive note you do a really good job keeping your nose in the work and california trying so, to something yeah. i moved about i learned about new, moving new york to california is one you're gonna love this one um sometimes it's not fair such it's such is life <laughs> such is life okay but yeah. and two and you're gonna love this one if you don't take that fact kicking and screaming you do get rewarded for it mm -hmm. and i'm speaking from personal experience and yeah. i'm not talking about life experience because i'm old old whatever um <laughs> don't say the f word okay um <laughs> fart it's no, already already happened but, um, yeah i'm 100 percent sure uh, look if i ever ran for office they're gonna have plenty of material on yeah. me and, I, and i'm just gonna be like um yeah i said that what else you got you know but um <laughs> am i canceled uh, but um they were you get rewarded for not taking that fat kicking and screaming and uh, uh, again not making this about me but just my last five years since i moved here mm -hmm. and the stresses that i had to do to build um what this little brand i'm doing flying mm -hmm. and still flying under the radar which i'm very comfortable with i hope this mm -hmm. podcast never blows up the way some people are because now all of a sudden you know you feel like you got to change up shit mm -hmm. now, and now you start feeling the the pressure on the walls and yeah. what people think about you so um the piece of advice i can give you and i don't really need to give it to give it to you because i've been doing this a long time and i see this you know it's not fair but you're not taking that back, kicking and screaming like a little, a little um, person, <laughs> a little girl, <laughs> sexist, a little midget, <laughs> heightist, <laughs> a little bitch, <laughs> sexist. <laughs> Take this like a little, uh, <laughs> a little something. <laughs> Look, I'm. T I like to you're like oh, a dude with long it. hair. I like talking to you, man. <laughs> I just, I, 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 dude, what I said red panty night on this podcast. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> so, you did. Hey, let's um talk about something that might make you cry. Okay, we're oh, going through this great. bevy of emotions, so oh, hold on great. to your seat. And it's the very first question I asked, and it has nothing to do with timeline. Mm -hmm. So, 2020, you're finally hitting your stride. You're playing mm -hmm. with Monkhouse, right? 2020, I was playing with Abby. Abby. Oh, Van Winkle. Mm -hmm. Right. She's a freshman. She was a sophomore at the, to at the time. Oh, because 2019 she was a freshman. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I remember that because I did a BVNE, Beach Volleyball National yeah. Event, where Stein had the freshmen and seniors play yeah. together. So yeah. I think it was Sponsel and Van Winkle. That was it may have been, yeah. Against yeah. Tina. And um, uh, uh, it might have been Coppola. Yeah. But um, all right, here's my, my point. 2020, you're doing good. You're having a good time, mm -hmm. all right. You're you, you cheated on the test, but you're over that shit, right? right? You, you you got sent to the principal's office, <laughs> and everybody loves you and forgives yeah, you. Good. Unlike Joe Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. unlike Whoopi Goldberg, right? They, they people love who they want to love, and they love some savvy. Thirteen and two, all of a sudden the pandemic hits. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden the the whole world goes to hell, mm -hmm. and you're in this environment where you're just thinking about volleyball, and then you are in, in a certain place, and everybody says it's shut down, and you're like, what's going? on so my question it's like i should have just asked this in the first place instead of doing no, all this shit no right? this is good where were you when they told you 
this i asked dane this question too i asked john mayer uh, um i asked Corey evan mm -hmm. uh first podcast mm -hmm. and he got fucking he was welled up in tears um he's softy. um we love him for it too where I, were we so do. where were you when you when where were you were you flying were you in the middle of playing a game where were you when they said it's it's done mm -hmm. so we the day before pretty sure it was a wednesday we were at usc playing usc and pepperdine and they were like you can only have two guests per player we're like what is like what is going on like why can we only have two people come because of this thing called covid we we didn't know like none of us really knew no. about it and they limited it to two like my mom came and i maybe my aunt came i can't remember maybe it was just my mom um and i remember i was hanging out with some friends that night woke up the next morning i was in acosta which is our like athletic facility and i'm hearing like i see stein and he's like i got some bad news i'm like what like i'm pretty sure we were going to lift weights yeah and you're like you caught me cheating on another test yeah I'm like, <laughs> exactly <laughs> actually no i didn't do that anymore i learned my lesson when i did that <laughs> i learned my Almost lesson got her i learned my you lesson you might fold them to question girl oh <laughs> uh -uh, go ahead um no but he just was like <laughs> he said he has bad news bad news and i'm like like what and he pretty much told me that we were done mm. and we had everyone show up and it was so weird. It was the weirdest thing. There, it's you. There's like a t the staircase that goes up, and they sat us all down on the staircase, and they told us our season was canceled, and it starts like raining, like a light rain, but it was just it never really rains here, so it was like it just started raining. And we were all just sitting there, like we had so many questions, but at the same time, like there weren't it, nothing was. At that time, we didn't really care for Andrews. We, all we cared about or really knew was that our season was done. And for me, I was like, so I'm done. I'm done with school. And I think at that point, we'd already gone online class. They had already switched it to online. And so, yeah, it was on a Thursday. And we all just were like crying. I mean, I was crying. We were all crying. We are like, what is going on? Because they're... They had never mentioned not, right then there wasn't the the fifth year COVID fifth year that wasn't a thing that wasn't right away that wasn't addressed. No. So they, I was like, I'm done with college, school, volleyball, for all my friends, all these experiences. I like done in like and, and overnight. And it like this. Mm -hmm. So I was a wreck, and we all ended. We ended up going. Uh, there was like twelve men's volleyball players living in a house at the time, and so all of us went over to their house, and we all just kind of. We, we did our best to make light of a really terrible situation and we all hung out and we all went out that way. It's crazy because I remember going out to like the bar, the bar our, our local bar, and it was full of people. So our season was canceled, class was canceled, but the bar was still but open. But it looked like the Wild Wild which West. It didn't make, which didn't make sense. <laughs> but we all pretty much celebrated like it was our last time together. And I packed my bags up that Sunday and I went home to San Diego and I, I didn't know what was going to, it was the weirdest thing. And I went home and was home for months. And then they called me and they're like, you know, and I, I was sitting there like if, if this COVID fit, it was an Instagram trending on Instagram, like let the seniors have their COVID fifth year. And I was like, I'm not coming back. I just didn't want to. I was like, I was done with school. Like I was just ready. I was mentally ready to graduate and. Being a senior is, is hard. Leading a team is, is, is tough. And 
it was a season where there was a lot of partnership switches. I didn't know if we were going to win. Like LSU was kicking ass. I was stressing. I was like, this might be like, uh, I don't know. I was like, you know what? Maybe this. And like I said before, I think everything happens for a reason and what's meant to be will be. So I was like, maybe this is a sign that I should be done. Like, I didn't know what to think. The more I thought about it, the more I talked with my parents and my coaches, I'm like, I'm a freaking idiot if I don't go back. Like, why would I not go back to UCLA? Why would I want to graduate from college and go be an adult? Like, why would I ever want to do that? So I obviously went back. I'm so glad I did. Um, it was really, really hard. We had so many restrictions. We couldn't hang out with anyone that was outside of our apartment, not even our teammates. So it was a quarantine. Y- yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. But not even, like, I could only hang out with my four roommates, three roommates, which were my teammates, but like... We tried to have a team bonding thing outside. I we were, we were at my apartment. It was a Saturday during the day. I had all of us over. And so the neighbors called the cops on us because we had a gathering larger than like whatever the gathering size was supposed to be. But we were all practicing together. Like it was literally just the team. So, you know, we tried really hard. I, you know, and I talked to Wendy Jones about how hard it was, like trying to lead a team or trying to. Because like I mentioned, it also, I love the camaraderie. I love the group. I love... Sisterhood, yeah. Exactly. And we couldn't really do that. And it was... I think that's why we had such a... You know, it was so hard for all of us because our culture at UCLA is so strong with that sisterhood and with the, you know, being a super tight group. And we couldn't do any team bonding. We couldn't hang out with each other. We couldn't do anything together. And so... um you know, we we kind of, we figured it out. We won Pac-12s, and USC played incredible in Gulf Shores, and like they they beat us, and that's and that's that. But I don't regret coming back and not winning. Like I think I learned so much that fifth year. Um, it was you know I and I I miss college. Like I was so ready to be done, but I miss school. Like everyone should stay as long as they can. Tony stayed for seven years. Stay as long as you can. It's great. Um, can you appreciate? Yeah. Can you appreciate you um, the effect that you had coming back? And it's hard. You're a pretty humble person, so it's really hard to ask your ego-driven question. But <laughs> can you appreciate how different that 2021 season would have been without you? Can you appreciate that someone had to step up and be a leader? And when you came to UCLA, they had leaders aplenty. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you, you. You're like, OK, if it's not my role, good. <laughs> that, that's her. It's hers. It's her. All right. We're good. Mm-hmm. Um, can you appreciate how important that season? Because, look, you, you, you guys are two time champs. Right. So if you don't win, it's a fail. But that's not a fail making the fucking finals. Mm-hmm. It's not a fail <laughs> making the fucking finals. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And, and that wasn't an easy year either. Right. Yeah. Right. LSU wasn't just top deep. They no, were we lost good. to LMU, too, yeah. in the second yeah. round. Well, L- like. LMU, they do their homework, and that was, mm-hmm. the, and that's the best coach in the NCAA mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. That's that's um, you know, without without an army of people, he did it with his fucking brother, no yeah. Less, yeah. okay, and Carissa Cook, who's, mm-hmm. who's not a, who's not a coach, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she's a coach, but but not really. Mm-hmm. So, um, stop. But um, can you appreciate how important that was? You being, I mean, I like to that, think that. Allow yourself. They would be okay. Allow yourself to indulge. This is this is real talk here. This isn't no yeah. ego shit. I mean, I don't. I I I was the only person that had been at UCLA for five years, so I I had been through mm. all the ups and downs, everything. So I I think it 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 did help. I mean, I don't know. I this is a hard question for me because I I like to think that if I didn't come back, they would have found a way and they would have been okay. But I, I I was there for five years, and so I did have a lot of experience. But it was really really hard, like. 
for me, for everyone, and for Stein, I mean, the amount of phone calls I had with Stein about, you know, how's this person doing? What are they up to? What are they thinking? Stein cares so much about about us, and yeah. he is an all. Stein's a very emotional guy too. He cares so much, and so the fact that Stein couldn't I think that's what engage made him a good with coach us, too. I think so too. Yeah, and we had our ups and downs too. Like sometimes I was like, "You're too emotional," or "You this that," but like. Stein, every, I tell them, like the girls I coach, I'm like, everything I tell you, I learned from Stein and Jenny, and I'm just regurgitating everything they told me because they're incredible. Also, well, let's not forget about Jeff. Well, Jeff, I mean, well, that, obviously, that, that was your Jeff best, and that was Jose your best kept and everyone, for they're a whole amazing. Year. <laughs> they're amazing. And obviously, yeah. Matt Olson, Mike Plotchek down in San Diego, I have so many amazing coaches oh, on the beach, nice. but he's handsome as Stein. Hell too. <laughs> I'm a little gay for Matt Olson, but go ahead. You're see, funny. see, see, I can't just let you flow. I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm a little gay for that dude. But. He's, yeah, he's awesome. But uh, we had so many amazing coaches, and but Stein is very emotional, and he wants to know, like, hey, is this person okay playing with this person? And we, he couldn't even have like, we couldn't even have individual meetings with the coaches because of COVID. So he'd call me, and we chatted so much about team culture, team chemistry, team drama, and this, that. But, like, he wanted to know everything, and he tried his best. I tried my best, and I was talking to Jenny all the time, talking to my teammates outside on the street because I wasn't allowed to go in there. Like, all these different crazy things because of COVID. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think just having me there, just from, a just from like, an experience standpoint and had me seeing the, how – you know, what the culture has been like over the years. Cause I saw the culture when I first got there and I saw how great it became. And then I also saw it starting to slip once the five senior was Izzy, Carrie, Zana, Sarah, and the McNamara twins. That was all gone. An yeah. incredible team. Yeah. Like, and Elise Zappi, you know, we had, we had so many amazing people that had this culture and they left and I kind of was put on me a little bit. And having five big figures versus my fifth year was just, you know, there were other seniors, but I was the only one that had been there the whole time. And for five years, it, it felt like the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I, I saw it slipping because I didn't have like, I didn't, I'm, I'm constantly learning and growing. I'm still trying to learn how to be the best version of myself. And some days I led this way and some days I led this way, but I, like I've mentioned, I'm so emotional I let the, my emotions get the best of me sometimes. And when people are not following the culture, I take it, I take it offensively. Cause I'm like, this is the culture that these girls have built for us. And you're not following that. And like when I was a freshman, I was an idiot. So I get it. Like when you're a freshman, sometimes you're stupid and you want to go do dumb stuff. And you don't realize how frustrating it is until you're a freaking fifth year senior. And you're like, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. How did you conquer that? Um, a lot of, conversations with my roommates I lived with um three other two other seniors and a junior I lived with Jacqueline Quaid Leah Monkhouse and Lindsay Sparks so I, you know we'd go home and, and talk about a bunch of stuff and I call my parents a lot talk to Sina and Jenny a lot um and a lot of conversations with people that you know either I felt like were hurting the culture or people who were you know they they could help, but they weren't. They were just kind of neutral, and they needed to step up and help. Um, and it was it was hard, and and I just hope that the work that those girls did before us, the work that I did, and the work that my you know the uh, the class that I graduated with did, like that continues to go. Because even though we had some you know a, a shaky 
you know, 2020-2021 season with the culture, I, I, I do think that the team is actually doing really, really good right now culture-wise, and I, I hope that continues. And I've talked to some of the girls lately, and they've mentioned that, like, they had a conversation as a team about just because you're a freshman or sophomore doesn't mean you can't be a leader. And I think with that young of a team and so many, so many, a lot of the seniors, you know, they're not even, they have another year or they're still, you know, it just, everyone seems so young still. I think it's really cool that that, and very important for, for that team, that young of a team to have voices from all different ages. Right. So I think that's really important, something, but. Something weird just happened with my mic. I know. I was, I was like, I can't really hear you. It's all good. And then, that's so weird. That is weird. Can they hear you still? Probably, or no? Oh, they can hear an echo. Echo through mine. The, okay, that's yours. Mm-hmm. Wow, I just... <laughs> Out oh, of nowhere. Shit, there it is. <laughs> okay, that came unplugged? Yes. Um, I'm just trying to figure out where it went. <laughs> you guys, this studio... The, the technology in here is ridiculous. Ready and... oh, I gotta line up the holes. Uh, <laughs> we're back. Let's get busy. We're back. <laughs> um, so, I follow-up question. How much does understanding somebody else's history come into play? Um, so much. It has to. So Look, uh, I ran into Delaney Nutson last mm-hmm. night. Um former Pepperdine Wave, mm-hmm. uh, long, uh, I guess a, a coach there a little while in the Sokolian and the coach before that, right? But mm-hmm. now she's really hitting her stride. You want to talk about, she's? I think you and her are kind of in the same boat as far mm-hmm. as momentum and, and playing your best volleyball at the right time. Mm-hmm. But I, I was, I told her to her face when I first met her, I didn't like her. I didn't like her because when I was at LMU, she was like, I can't be coaching and this and that. And John basically told me there's a way I can say things that's not coaching, but it is, mm-hmm. right? So, so when she's like, I can't be coaching, I'm like, I did a Conor McGregor on her. I said, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> I'm like, I said, who are you again? And she goes, I'm Delaney Nutson, this or that. And the reason why she acted like that is because she worked so hard and so long to get to where she, mm-hmm. got to, she had to go. Anyone who she feels like is disrespecting the sport is, 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 is offensive. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she, uh, you you they, you can't treat that like business it's highly personal yeah. uh with that and that so so that's how she felt and it took me a while to understand and compartmentalize that um and that's her part and that's very much your boat too you you, you are offended when you feel like someone's not putting in the same effort mm-hmm. where where you where you 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 know you you, you see maximum potential because you, because you, you live. You should it. see me as a coach right it. now, coaching but, but with these sixteen-year-old girls. But with that, I lose my mind. Yeah, but with that being said, mm-hmm. gotta know who the fuck you're talking to. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I kind of knew who I was talking to. I read her bio. She had no idea about me. She saw a guy with a Yankee hat, who didn't. She didn't know that was doing this longer than she's lived. Literally longer than she's lived. So when she says I'm Delaney Nutson, I, I have a look and I say okay, but my look says, watch yourself. I will throw a hot tea on you. But then you read the bio and then you see um, the, the way she operates and the way she treats other people. And I say to myself, I say, self, you're, you're a fucking asshole, Jay. You know, you, and, and you were wrong. You're trying to sneak some coach, coaching stuff in. Um, and, and, and she called me out on it. So it's one of those things where 
it took me so long to love and respect this woman and she doesn't know know this I, but uh, i told her a little bit last night but it, uh, th it took a path for me to do that because our level of offense of not knowing who each other was uh, um cross paths um mm -hmm. um the wrong way do you get what i'm saying i completely get what you're saying and and that's kind of the question i was trying to ask you mm -hmm. i know 16 year olds uh, some of these kids in the south bay their, their mom don't even talk to them the way, the way some coaches do but um and that's th what i was kind of getting at there's some people and and as, and as you continue to coach there's some people you're going to notice that they missed a play because they're, they're just not paying attention and then they're, they're not engaged and that whatever. But then you, you're, as you continue to coach, you're going to detect some people who see the ball and it drops in front of them. And they're, they're really not trying to uh, let the ball drop in front of them. There's a mental block that's preventing them from just moving their fucking ass. And you can't, you can't suicide both of them. Right. You can't punish drill both of them. You have yep. to you as a coach, if you're going to be a fucking coach. Right. And if someone's going to pay you to coach, you have to learn either on your own or through people to be able to detect these different personalities that yeah. might have a story you don't fucking know. Mm -hmm. Why am I saying that? Why am I saying fuck so much? But um, um, you get what I'm saying, right? Well, I do. And I think yeah. being a coach and being a leader, it's similar. And you know what i learned a lot again this fifth year was maybe this girl is not not that they're not trying but maybe they're having a tough day mm -hmm. like maybe something's probably going on in their life outside yeah. of volleyball that is restricting them from performing at a high level today mm -hmm. and that's something that you like it's it's hard to to learn that and to understand that and i think just whether it's one instance or this is a habit that's happening over and over and over again, I think that there's always more to the story. And I think that everyone has their own story and you know, you will quickly learn that there, you know, like with the coaching thing, there are some girls who just don't want to be there or they don't want to try and they're lazy. And there are some girls that like, maybe they're, maybe they have a tougher home life or maybe they had a gnarly day at school or there. I feel like there's always more. And so, I had to learn, like, I can't just react. If I see someone not go for a ball or I see someone acting a certain way, I can't just react from my emotions. Like, even if I'm frustrated, I have to consider that there's their side of the story as well. There's something else in the play. Exactly. And that's something I had to learn. And it, cause it's easy to see someone not trying and just to react and be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Everybody back line. And I used to do that. Like at practice, I'm like, if you don't want to be here, then don't be here. Like, that's just it. But can then you appreciate you learn, that's how you were taught, though? Yes. That's how I was raised. It's how I was taught. And you learn, you know, if you call someone out like that, like, whether they start crying or they react back at you or, or it motivates them to try harder, th there's always a reason as to why they react a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, there's so much more behind the scenes. And I think that's why this whole mental health yeah. thing is is growing and I think it's really important because you just never know what's going on. Even if it's something as simple as like they just didn't sleep because they were studying for a test. It could be something simple like that, but it could be something way more. And, in the, you know, with girls in college, a lot of it's like, you know, mental health stuff, body image stuff, stuff with their boyfriend. Like there's all different kinds of reasons why someone might be having a bad day on the court. And you have to consider that like we're not just athletes. We're also humans, too. And we have lives outside of being on the volleyball court. Yeah, and I think that's where players who are 
uh, a lot of active players are club coaches all right and some of them you know they they do what they were taught yeah. and they're just they're just right parroting that mm -hmm. information and yeah. there's some who who want to do it someday and they, and they they work a little harder but on, on a general level if a, yeah. an active player is coaching you a uh, coaching a junior they're not going to mess up your game that much they can only help there's just a question of how, how what level can they help can they help yeah. this much or that much yeah. and i'm only saying that because i'm happy that someone like you is doing that because mm -hmm. You will learn as much from them as they learn. They learn from you because it is, so it is because right. It is such a hypersensitive um, age demographic where they're still psychologically developing from what a, a kid to a teen, a teen to a young adult, mm -hmm. and a, a young adult to a full adult. Mm -hmm. So everything is amplified fivefold. And when you see that and you detect that, you understand that about them. Hence, you understand it about yourself. Mm -hmm. This is why coaches, players learn more from coaching than coaches learn more from playing. Mm -hmm. 100%. I learned How's so much. How's that for a mic drop? That's so, that's true. <laughs> I learned so much. Every day after practice, I'm like, wow, I learned yeah. so much. Not, And I'm giving him coaching feedback and telling him I'm coaching them on stuff. I'm like, I'm actually learning about volleyball a lot here because this yeah. is stuff that I should be doing too, but it's most of it's the emotional side. And I, I am emotional and I am putting a lot of time and effort into these girls. And when I see girls, you know, one, not trying or two, I'm trying to Just, talk yeah. and they're like staring. They're like looking this way. They're like yeah. looking the other way. Yeah. I'm like, I'm over here. <laughs> and, in, and, and in my mind, I'm like, that's the rudest thing I've ever seen in my time. And I get so frustrated, but yeah. I have to take a step back and be like, you know what? One, there might be more going on. And two, I'm also like, I'm not going to get to everyone. If I can teach a couple and they want to learn and they want to be there. Great. I have 30 girls on the team. I'm not going to get all of their attention 100% of the time or all of their effort 100% of the time. It's nearly impossible. But every day, you know, Evan's been coaching with me and we have the talk of like, you know, you have to keep working hard and you have to, if you want to, you know, the your coast is the best beach, you know, beach, what, high school in the country or the or the state or whatever it is. There, I mean, they're it's incredible. The girls, there's some incredible players on the team. Yeah, it's a factory, man. It's, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's and I don't mean that in a bad way. No. no, it's it's this this place where kids can respect each other, be mm -hmm. on time, learn to discipline, learn yeah. how to play the sport. And if they're interested, they keep going. And if they're not, you really got to step off because there's there's so many people, right? So um, so, so it, it's it is a competitive environment, and I mm -hmm. think kids should be learning competitive environments at an yeah. early age. And I think. In this softest cotton generation, Miracosta is, a, is kind of a super necessary thing I to happen. To and, and, and especially in this community, because we, yeah. uh, between you and me, we've coached all kinds of, um, uh, um, I'll, I'll just say different personalities. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. say brats or anything like that. No, different Do you know what made me a good coach? Yeah. Fucking coaching D3 in New yeah. York. Coaching Division 3, because Division 3, there are a lot of people that are like, I have to go to work after practice. I'm mm -hmm. working from 6 o'clock to 2 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um... I have a friend that was that I have a player that missed practice because he spent the entire night because they trying to get his brother out of jail. Right. Um, and he was with the parents. He needed to be he needed to be with the parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he comes to practice the next day and I'm like, where were you yesterday? And he's like, I had something to do. And I said, I don't care if it's your mother's bar mitzvah. You, you make sure you get your ass to practice. And, you know, so that's me making the mistake. Um, at, from, but as a coach, maybe not really. But mm -hmm. but then understanding later, you're like. John, I feel like a fucking asshole. Exactly, I know. So, so that's helped me immensely. And, I, I, and I'm really trying to be careful here because I'm not trying to say 
the CUNY uh, City University system is just littered with troubled mm -hmm. kids. No, City College, five of my kids were pre-med. They're in the, mm -hmm. the, Sophie, the Sophie Davis School of Medicine, which yeah. is top 30, which is not, you know, California, but they have a, but they're medical yeah. schools in New York. So, so I'm very, very careful to not say all of the kids are trouble, but I'm saying when you coach Division Three. And these kids are here and some of them, they're just good volleyball players and they're looking for an escapism. There's always going to be one player that you're like, that's a soccer player who wants to play volleyball. He's not mm -hmm. going to start, but he's going to learn the game and be a star. And yeah. then the next season, you just, you know, it's it's your fingerprints. You're, you're exactly. proud as a coach because it's your fingerprints all over them. So, mm -hmm. but so many things I learned about different personalities. Mm -hmm. uh, it's so, and it's not, I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about adults Yeah, doing adult shit, yeah. working and putting themselves to school and deciding, I'm going to give up sleep so I can play volleyball. So, play volleyball. <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah. Cool. So, but that's what's built my character as a coach. Mm -hmm. So anyone that's like, oh, you coach D3. And I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. You have idiot. no idea. You, you, yeah. you think sitting there being an average mechanic in a room full of Ferraris makes you a coach? Stop. <laughs> Try being a great mechanic turning Ford Pintos into Tauruses. <laughs> okay? <laughs> then, then, then come see me. Yeah. Uh, leads me to my next question. Because I'm Kanye West in this, this right? This is awesome. Um, volleyball, at some, uh, for most of your life, has been a form of escapism. Mm -hmm. So now that your escapism has become your career, what's your escapism? Very good question. Um, very good question. I still try and keep. <laughs> it's such a awkward question for someone that's just about this. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's. These are your. These make me think. It's good. It's. <laughs> I smelled smoke from here, girl. No. It's. <laughs> no, go ahead. I still try and keep volleyball as my escape. That's kind of this balance I've been talking about because it is an escape. Like if I can, if this is my career, that's awesome. But, you know, what me and Evan have been doing, it's really fun. Like it's even if we have practice at sunset, we'll go down to the beach and just pepper and mess around. Yeah. And that's a really good reminder of like. This is fun. This yeah. is still, even though, you know, maybe for two hours on this day in the morning and then we have a lift, this is our job. Mm -hmm. It can still be an escape. And I'm also a very social person. So a big escape for me is just hanging out with people. I, I moved to a great spot here and I love having friends over and having company come over. I, and as much as I spend time on the beach, going to the beach and going surfing or just laying out in the sand, like that's an escape for me. Going hiking, just being outdoors i love going home taking my dog to the beach um i want to travel more yeah i want to travel more um and just see more more nature obviously i'm going to get to travel with beach volleyball but i want to continue to see some of the beautiful things in the world and um i i think that's a big thing for me and it's something that's really cool that volleyball does for me it, it takes me to these incredible places like i was able to go to turks and caicos i was able to go to mexico just to coach which is so cool i'm so excited to see where this sport takes me in like this country and and throughout the world it's yeah. it's really cool but i think that's what i'm trying to figure out I, I want this to continue to be my escape like there's other stressful shit that goes on in, in all of our lives and i as much as it is my job if i go to practice thinking it's my job or go to a game thinking oh i gotta win this game so i can make this much money mm -hmm. psh, like i'm not gonna perform at my best again i do want to need to put pressure on myself. I do need to keep competing because that's, but I, but I don't, I don't compete because I want to make money. I compete because I love competing and I love playing the sport. Like, right. I think that's 
what I'm still, you know, I'm still learning, but that's something that's so important to me is like, I want to compete and do this because it's, it's fun. And when I'm competing at my highest level, I'm having fun. And when I'm doing that, I'm going to make more money anyway. So why, why sit and stress? It it should all take care of itself. And you know, you need to be serious. I need to take this stuff seriously. And I do take it seriously. Like I'm getting after it. I'm lifting, I'm practicing all the time. I'm doing things that, but I'm also having fun with, with the process. I'm having a lot of fun at, at improving parts of my game. I've been playing pretty shitty lately, but it's because I'm working on so many things Yeah, that it's almost, it's exciting. I leave practice. I'm like, ah, oh, I played terrible, but I'm learning so much and I'm growing so much physically and mentally. So it's also exciting. Like, and then finally I'll have a day where I'm like, oh my gosh, it all clicked like this. Everything I've been working on for this long is starting to click. And that's really rewarding. Yeah. Um, but if you so have cool. a bad mindset and it, it, like, it, it, I don't think it'll work. Like, I, I, cause I don't, I don't want to get burnt out. And do I you haven't. See, do you see what I'm getting out. at with yeah. escapism? Then, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you know Greg Faulkner? Mm-mm. Greg Faulkner, he's an ex-player at Cal Northridge, mm-hmm. big time middle, um, probably the only African American his height walking around the South Bay. Yeah. Um, he likes to sing karaoke twice a week. Yeah. Tower Twelve, right? Last night I'm at Hennessy's with him. Um, it's my escapism, yeah. uh, theater performance, because yeah. that was my major in college. That was my escapism, because when this. And I'm sorry. And if I interrupted you, I'm no, I'll, you're not I'll, at all. I'll make a note and no, you can finish that. No, but, you're not at all. But um, when my escapism became my career, coaching, commentating, mm-hmm. I knew that I had to have something, something I can do else. a couple of days a week that allow me to cut loose, let it all out. Because in, in, in your psyche and in your psychology, yeah. what you're letting out, one thing has nothing to do with the other. Yeah. All right. I had a bad day at practice. I'm singing. I'm feeling good by Michael Bublé, but the emotion <laughs> that comes out of it comes from the other thing. Yeah. But the audience doesn't know that because you're just expressing yourself. Mm-hmm. And because I do that twice a week, it allows me to come back to work where I can function like a mammal. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole speech of how the job can't save your ass because I think you were at the pod. That was the podcast. When, was, was that with Wendy Jones or Tony? Mm-hmm. I think with Wendy. Uh, I think I told a story about The Wire, the show, The, the no, Wire. No, that must have been with Tony. Yeah, I'm going to, well, good, I'm going to tell it to you. Yeah. There's a show called The Wire on mm-hmm. HBO. Dominic West, um, well, it was a show on The Wire. Yeah. A Dominic West, Brit actor, had to put on this perfect Baltimore accent to play a Baltimore detective. Yeah. This guy was a douchebag. He drank every night. He cheated on his wife. Uh, multiple times he sold out his superiors he sold out his whatever but something he was is a really really good police he can crack a case he can crack a case he can crack a case and he goes from one case to another to another to another until finally his partner or someone who was his partner told him the job can't save your ass mm-hmm. all right you're taking down this case and you think you're done but but now you feel like you have to do another one you have to do another mm-hmm. one and and at the end when it's all done and when you can't do it what's left what what's left is what you chose to be your escapism from your career family well friends with different last names if that's someone's thing right Mm -hmm. uh friendships um hiking uh knowing knowing when to to get out there and come back and do your job because i'm telling her the same thing that you i will tell you the job can't save your ass Mm -hmm. 
sooner or later, it becomes so much where you want it so bad. And when it doesn't happen, it will eat you the fuck alive yeah. if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. All right. And I'm, I don't mean to put it. I'm such a fucking hater, man. I'm, I'm such no, a hater. I totally understand, uh, um, though, what you're um, saying. So I'm telling you from an old vet whatever to a, to this this promising just skill high technical um smiling bubbly personality volleyball diva uh did i say enough yeah that's enough thank you from what so from, from one person to another mm -hmm. all right because people could say what they want about my volleyball experience i got life experience i consider experience experience mm -hmm. okay <laughs> not failure experience yeah. experience make sure you stay disciplined on your escapisms because mm -hmm. this thing has has become your 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 career and mm -hmm. it can i'm not saying you have not saying you i'm not saying they're mutual, yes. mutually exclusive yes. they can yes. be binary yes but have something else mm -hmm. that allows you to do this longer yeah until you realize the day the job can't save yeah. your ass mm -hmm. <laughs> very good very good point i agree i mean I, oh, everyone man. always asks like what's your even on like little things that yeah. what's your favorite thing to do when you're not playing volleyball right and it's always like i don't know yeah <laughs> go to the and, beach and it, and it and and it's not gonna hit you yeah. i'm just trying to i'm just trying to make sure you don't get poked in the left eye 10 years from now yeah. i want you to make sure that you're having a good time and i don't want you to do anything else other than volleyball if it makes you happy mm -hmm. going to work makes makes you happy going to play makes you happy peppering with evan Corey at night that's heaven you know you can't pay money to have a better time than than you on a sunset peppering with Evan, there pe people can pay money and not have the same feeling you have yeah. uh, doing that. Mm -hmm. So that has to be said too, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a, I feel like a hater here, and I'm not. You're I, not. No, and I, I swear totally, to the audience, listening, not I'm not all. doing that. Okay? No, I don't um, think you are at all. Um, yeah, and I, I and, uh, um. I really like what I see. I, I like Thank watching you. you go through your process. I'm, Thank I'm, you. I'm a little creepy. I watch people from afar. That's fine. You know, hey, little girl. Hey, how are you? <laughs> What's your name? Um, <laughs> I think I said that last week, too. I don't look 51. I look like a creepy 35. I look like <laughs> one, of them, one of them guys. I'm like, watch out for that, dude. Oh my God. Um, talk to me about China. You went with Tori Van Winden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was was it under twenty ones or something like that. Talk to mm -hmm. me a little bit about your experience traveling there and this and that. So yeah, that was a tough one. That was kind of like my first travel event with USA when I was. It was like a U twenty one thing. I qualified to go with Tori, um, and it's like twenty six hours of travel or something just to get there. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Is there a bed? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And yeah. then just to put it short, we go. We we're in the qualifier. Right. And we have to play Brazil the first round, and we lost Who our was very it? first game. Who was the, do you remember the Brazilians? Yeah, they were younger. It was, I have them. I follow them on Instagram. I can't remember their name. I'll do it. I'll plug it up on BVB. It wasn't Patricia and... Um, right. Anna. Yeah, it wasn't them. It oh, Rebecca. Was, right. It wasn't Rebecca. No. Was Rebecca's Vitor not someone... Victoria ah, and um, okay. another young one. Victoria, yeah. But um, we lost our first game, and that, I mean, that freaking sucks. Like, going all the way there and playing one game and losing? Are you kidding me? It's terrible. Uh, boo, right? Yeah. Sucks. And, um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's stuff it's... that went on on the side, and, you know, it, it was it was a lot. And, and me and Tori kind of went through a lot. She she transferred from UCLA and, um, you know, did her career at Cal Poly in Florida State. Um, and we've really come full circle since then, and, um 
I also I hope she's doing. I haven't heard from her in a while, but I hope she's doing well with her ACL stuff. You know, she tore ACL. I know. I was. I yeah. called that match. Oh, it happened so on. Sad. She's playing with Kelly Kalinske. Yeah, it's so sad. Um, just for the audience, just looking at that's who you, that's who what you was, partnered who was, with. It was um, is Victoria and Victoria. Yes, Vic- Victoria, Victoria and, and Victoria. Victoria. Yes, right. yes, yes. Oh man, and you got LMU at Hermosa Beach. I remember mm-hmm. that too. That was, yeah. Yeah, they were awesome. A, they played Sav's really a, well. Yeah, well, that was Sav and Emma playing their best volleyball. Yeah, the they right played time. really, LMU, really good. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, I just think that that was one of my biggest learning experiences. I think in my whole career because, and same with like losing to to Sav and Emma at the Hermosa qualifier. You, I think I've learned so much more from getting my ass kicked than than winning, and winning feels good. Yeah. It's it's a reminder of how hard you worked, but I think though like flying all the way to China to lose one game like that was like traumatic like that was terrible it it just it's so humi- you feel humiliated especially if it's your first time representing USA like that sucks and obviously I I, I did my best Tori did her best we want it's not like we weren't trying to win and that's just something that I learned so much from and and all you know. At UCLA, I lost a ton of matches. Like especially in my in my earlier days, I lost to girls that I probably shouldn't have lost to. Games I shouldn't have lost just because whether they play better or I had a bad game, it's still a game I shouldn't have lost. But again, I like those are those are the ones that like haunt me. Those are like that's the stuff that I've learned the most from. Um, oh. I'm looking so, at the score. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm like, this girl's hard on herself. And I just saw the score. Oh, and I'm it was like, bad. No yeah, it was bad. It wasn't good. And like, oh. I just, but I learned so much from that. You know what I mean? And, and I would do it again. It, but that's, that's the world tour oh, for you. Shit, you, I wouldn't you, fucking 20 hours, man. It's a lot, but, but yeah. I met so mm. many cool people. I learned so much. Like there were a lot of ups and downs that trip. And I learned so much and I've grown so much from it. And, I, 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 that's the thing is like, there's a lot of, I've had so many experiences in my life that were bad or traumatic or I, I, but I would, I wouldn't change any of it because it made me, it sounds cliche, but it all shaped me to be who I am today. It sounds super cliche, but it does. But bears repeating. Yeah, it does. And, and I, I think that's a big thing with the world tour, like, especially with the qual, you can fly all the way across the world and play in a qualifier and lose like. That's scary. That's the life of but a gangster. But that's how it is. That's the life and, of a gangster. Exactly. And that's yeah. how it is. And and I wouldn't change that. And that's where you learn a lot. And and maybe you lose, but you get to you're in a cool country and you get to travel and you get to experience a lot of cool things off the court. So, you know, I tried to make the best of my situation there. I like I said, I met a lot of really, really cool people there. A lot of really cool athletes. We all still follow each other on Instagram. I haven't seen them in years since yeah. that, but I still we all like each other's pictures and comment on each other's pictures and we're still, we're still friends. And I hope that the older we get, you know, I'll, we'll see each other on tour. We'll do all these super cool things like Darby Dunn. She was playing for team Canada there and she, I practiced with her today. Like yeah. I met her there and Darby? It's, yeah. yeah. And that's the, like, obviously I knew her, you know, yeah. through LMU and stuff, but it's a cool thing. Like that's where we, we actually hung out and like became friends that trip. And, and, and that to me, is really special. Like I said, I'll, yes, I lost. It freaking sucked. And yeah. I was in a different hotel than the people in the main draw. But every night I would go and hang out with these super cool people. And I met some really awesome young. We were all like 18, 19 years old. 
It was awesome. So yeah. I Dar- wouldn't I wouldn't Darby's change so it. Pretty too. Yeah, she's gorgeous and she's oh. so sweet and she's so awesome. Great volleyball player. And in other words, Canadian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're all perfect. They're all studs. They're so good at volleyball. I know. All of them. Yeah, the McNamara twins are out here too. I'm gonna train with them next week. Good. I haven't seen them in a while, but um Yeah. Yeah, that that was definitely an experience that was tough. And like looking back, I'm like, like that was yeah. emotionally exhausting. But again, looking back, like makes me smile because I have only grown from that and I've I learned so much and I wouldn't I wouldn't change that experience. Jeez, you just reminded me we were talking about Tori Van Wind and I, mm-hmm. I prom I ran into her when she had the cast and I promised her yeah. I would um look for the file of the of the of the set because I was hoping her and Kelly could keep playing. If because if you saw the way they were playing before she got injured, which is how it happens. You you before you crash with an injury at that time. And anyone that's ever played the sport, you're playing the best you feel and you're playing you feel invincible and you're playing the best volleyball you ever felt in your life. Mm-hmm. That a few plays. That's how you feel before that shit happens. So, and I was just worried because she was crying and screaming, and yeah, and it was a mixture of pain, but also, I'm probably she. I mean, when you, when knew. you get hurt she enough knew. times, you're just like, when can I she be knew. back? And you're like, I'm not fucking coming back. I can't believe I spent all this. time. pretty much with COVID, right? You spent all this time training in the preseason and making the team and forming this and leadership, and then someone just says, no, nah, that's over. You know, it's dude. That's like being at a nightclub in yeah. New York, and you wait online around the corner, and you get, and you finally get there, and then the bouncer is like, "You're not appropriately dressed. Get out of here!" And I'm just like, "Screw, screw you!" <laughs> so, um, good. I brought her back up because I wanted to talk about Atlantic City. She, um, when that happened, actually, I asked the replay guys. I said, "I want to see a replay. Let's see what happened." And the guys just looked at me, like, "No, yeah. like we're not supposed to show it." And I'm like. Fuck out of here! You're not supposed. What do you mean you're not supposed yeah. to show that? It's it's that this is a sport. You yeah. what are we hiding for? It's not like Anderson Silva. Uh, I don't know if you watch UFC, but Anderson Silva leg kicked someone and got checked, and when it got checked, he broke his what? And they showed the replay, and, and Rogan was like, oh, "Didn't that oh, happen? Oh, was God. that what happened to Conor McGregor too? He kicked that guy and his ankle. He, he, well." He, when he kicked him, it was it was a mild fracture, and then when he tried to plant he, off of it, it was just like, yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. a doctor stoppage. I, I didn't lose. I, I, I didn't know, lose. I know. It's a doctor I remember stoppage. I was watching. I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> He's such a legend. Oh my gosh. So yeah. here's a here's a fun question. Do you think certain players have uh, more superpowers playing at a certain venue? Yes. I, I, watching Trevor and Try play in Manhattan this year was like ridiculous. Yeah, like they were incredible, and I feel the same way. Like there are definitely places that like I love playing, and there are definitely places that I really don't like playing. Right, and like maybe this is biased, but like when I would go play at USC, I was like, ugh. Like, I really don't like playing here. And you it's, have no powers here, Gandalf the Great. I literally had yeah. zero powers. But also, like, I didn't like how the buildings were right there and the street was right there. I mean, like, I just never felt like I had, like, any, like, none of my best games were at USC. I can assure you of that. And right. maybe it's because I'm, I don't know. I mean, I felt, like, fired up enough but, to play them. But I just. But weren't, wasn't that their only three losses here last season? Well, against us? Yes, Probably. USC had three losses, and I, all three of them were you guys. I th- I know two of them were. 
Okay. At Pac-12, I'm trying to think. The third one may have been earlier on. Okay. Who won the Pac-12 uh, championship? We year? did. Yeah. Oh, wait, 2021? Yeah. Yeah, we did. And okay. then they won Gulf Shores. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I definitely think that certain people play better in certain locations. Um, whether it's comfort or it's somewhere that they've played before and had a good, you know, like... I think Molly Turner thrived in Chicago, and I think because she has fa- so many, so much family out there, and they, yeah. she had a huge fan base. Like when your family's watching and you have a big crowd, like there's nothing better than that. Yeah. It feels Part so team. awesome. Yep. Yeah, like it's just, it's really cool. So those are just a couple that I can just think of off the top of my head. Um, yeah, like, but yeah. think about it. Sponsor and Clay has only beaten us in Cloth in Manhattan Beach, mm-hmm. where they train all the time. Yeah. Right? Chicago. Um, Tight game, two evenly matched teams. Either mm-hmm. you win or you don't, yeah. right? Um, Atlanta, that went three sets, but it really felt like two set, yeah. a two-set loss. They, yeah. they, at no point did they feel like, even in losing the second set, they're like, we're, we're good. Mm-hmm. We make adjustments on the fucking fly. Yeah. And, and they, didn't, I didn't, they didn't bring Russell Brock. They brought um, their blocking coach. Drew. What was his name? Drew Hamilton. Isn't Drew, isn't Drew awesome? I don't really know Drew that well, yeah. but I've heard nothing but good things about yeah. him. I yeah. met Drew at a BVNE because I was doing color commentary for beach volleyball mm-hmm. national events, and because I, yeah. I was working for Duran, yeah. I was her skills coach, yeah. Yeah. skills coach for Emma Summer. I haven't seen her in so long. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, she's still doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, she, well, she's been doing them the whole time, yeah. just on a down low. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I'm not with her anymore. But um, what what the hell was I going to say? Beach volleyball national events. I saw I'm Drew. Drew Hamilton. Drew. Yeah. And I saw Russell, mm-hmm. uh, the recruiting showcases, mm-hmm. standing there just smiling and really friendly with everybody and then i looked at their win loss record like the last season because i just started doing research because i'm doing color commentary mm-hmm. and i want to talk about the coaches and 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 i'm like wow these savages mm-hmm. and these really really cool guys and they need to be strict when they have to and they need to be nice when they they have yeah. you know when they want to and um yeah and it's no coincidence that yeah. those kind of coaches uh, um help players thrive, uh, create an environment where those players mm-hmm. can thrive. You could say the same thing about Stein and, Je- yeah. and Jenna, right? Johnson? Jenny, yeah. Jenny Johnson? Yeah. yeah. No, not Jenna. <laughs> not Jenna Jameson, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different um, uh, sport, <laughs> should I say. Um, yeah, uh, Mayor, just Mayor alone. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, Betsy Flynn is not a, she's not an upper or a downer. She's just a coach, but she mm-hmm. comp her, she compliments Mayor. Yep. Aaron Mansfield, one of the best. One of the top five indoor coaches I ever met in my life. Yeah. I put him up there with McCutcheon and Marv Dunphy. So, yeah, those people. It's no surprise that he's. He, they're very much uh, top five yeah. because it seems like right. Am I right? The top five create that environment 100%. where players can thrive. So, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, but Drew. I mean, like I said, I don't. Mm-hmm. I I don't really know him personally, but like, people love him, and mm-hmm. I, I'm friends with a lot of the. LSU girls and they just are like he's just such an incredible coach so it's it's cool and I think that obviously he's done a great job with Darren Kirsten too like they've mm. killed it and like I'm sure he's a huge part of that and um he's so supportive and he's he's been out here with them since they've been out here and it's really cool like that's just really really cool so they've they've found a group those three plus all of the the TKN crew the, the, the all the parents and friends the fan club like they have a really good system going on. They really yeah. do. It's really cool. Happy it's really here. special. Did they, did they build a new courts yet last year? Because when LMU, I, when LMU played UCLA, they had two courts. Uh, this is like 2018. Um, they only had two courts. Is it still just the same courts? LMU or LSU? Uh, uh, no. It's, oh, Jesus freaking Christ. UCLA. Oh, oh, yeah. We have new courts. We have new Are courts. Are there three? 
There's three match courts and another court on the side that's match. It's it's a normal size court, but it's yeah. like the walls are too close. So it's like just so we have like four practice. I'm so courts. happy to hear that. It's a really really. I mean, you got two time defending, or at that time two time reigning defending mm-hmm. in TWA champs, and you're playing in these two courts, which look like yeah, there's some not. spot in Vegas, some yeah. little you know some little kitty litter box in I, Vegas. But that's the thing is like I look back, I'm like wow, that was. That was such a big part of my career. UCLA. That's how you got it in. Yeah. yeah. Like that yeah. was, I think three years at yeah. UCLA for me. Like that's, it was crazy. And yeah, I'll never forget it, but the courts now are awesome. But they you're, awesome. but you're still volleyball, something I call volleyball wide eyed. Mm-hmm. You're oblivious to the surroundings. You don't care if they're first class. You see a sandbox, you see a ball, you see three girls that want to play with you. And that's, and what more could be better? Mm-hmm. What more could be better? Yeah. Right. So, um, wanted to talk a little bit about athletes, um, and activism and this and that. But I, I, for me, because I'm, I don't really have a question. I just might be a skip for me. I just, I just want to say that certain people think that athletes should use their platform for activism and make mm-hmm. statements and this and that. And, and for me, I'm just trying to make an argument for the athlete that just wants to play. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's how I'm approaching this. And I think, mm-hmm. I think we're just going to do that and we'll finish like that. Mm-hmm. We're almost at two hours. I would not leave till we're here for two hours. Um, <laughs> it's been almost two hours. Yeah, that's just, it doesn't feel like that. No, this is fun. But oh my gosh, I think for the people that don't want to use their platform, some people use their platform for social justice. Some mm-hmm. people use their platform for to support the police. Some people yeah. pu- use their platform to for I don't know universal health care. But yeah. I think the people who use who just want to play and have the people fans follow them get a bad rap. I think if there's any one person who uses their platform just to play, there is not a, a, an athlete in any sport, never mind volleyball, that's more uniting than the athlete that shuts the fuck up and plays. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking shut up and dribble. This isn't the Laura Ingram show. Yeah. And this isn't LeBron James, okay? Yeah. I'm talking about people who all they know how to do and they, do not, they don't really do anything better um, and they and they play and they inspire people from opposite sense opposite spe, uh, spec, uh, ends of the argument. I think right? that's why sports are so cool. Everyone, and everyone's there but, just but to, to watch me, sports. That's the but yeah. I'm being a little biased here. It's coming mm-hmm. from a biased place. To mm-hmm. me, I think not everybody, but I think that's where sports should be. You're taking two people who would not even probably not even have a drink together, but they like the same person, and if they're sitting next to each other. They're, they don't see a D or an R next to their whatever. Mm-hmm. They don't see a, a black or a white. Uh, they just, once someone starts talking about volleyball and they're watching yep. that player, there's nothing more uniting. I agree. Uniting. Uh, because, uh, and I'm only saying this because I'm hypersensitive right now about what's censoring. I don't, mm-hmm. uh, um, to quote John Stewart, don't leave, don't censor, engage. If you think you, uniting people and bringing people together is saying someone can't say something, um, is really, really, it's, it's not a good thing. Um, there are some people out there saying some outlandish shit and they shouldn't mm-hmm. be, but to me, free speech, the best way to combat bad free speech is a good free speech. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, if the truth is on your side, you should embrace it. Yeah. So that's on the social level. Mm-hmm. And, but on a, on a volleyball level, I think, and there's, I guess there is a question here. Mm-hmm. I think that the people who don't use their platform for issues outside of the court are just as valuable in many cases, if not more valuable than if they didn't. Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's, it's, this is a, this is, this subject is tough because there's so much controversy with 
life right now. Yeah. And I just think that that and that this is something that's hard for me is I do have social media and I actually have a I have a decent following because of being at UCLA. Yeah. But I'm having a hard time with like with the whole sponsor thing, like we have to like, we have to kind of brand ourselves like you were talking about. And a big part of that, like almost half of that is just social media. And a lot of people are posting practice videos and workout videos, all these things. And I'm like, I feel like I'm a step behind because I'm not posting this stuff. And occasionally you get the athlete that will post how, what they believe in politically or socially, whatever it is. Yeah. I just think that when you have a big platform, it is a great way to reach an audience, but just know that like there is a divide in a lot of things right now. So if you want to speak up for what you believe in, you might not please yeah. everyone that follows you. And I think that's where I get hesitant is, you know, I don't want to be a people pleaser, but I also don't want to use my platform to rub, rub people the wrong way. You right. know, I, I posted stuff for, for black lives matter stuff. Like I yeah. went back when that was happening, I've posted stuff about and I, COVID and, and, I saw that. and yeah, and I have a lot of friends, you know, and that. I just, Cause, cause I, that was, I wanted to do that. It was, I'm not going to post something I don't want to post just to post just because I, just because people think I should, you know, because I think people can read the phoniness if you, if mm -hmm. you, if you did. Right. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I'm look, you know, I can, I can just name names and out players all I want, but I'm not today. They get a pass, mm -hmm. but there are players that said in the media and uh, and beach volleyball oh yeah I've, I've you know i posted social justice stuff on my social media platform and they're just they're lying mm -hmm. so you don't and that's the problem i have with those well people. you don't need to if fake you don't that you that's didn't. what i'm saying if you didn't if you just didn't say shit it's fine uh, uh but you know and it really really upsets me yeah you, uh, you were one of the people i noticed that did that and you're explicit you're explicit about your sentiment on that mm -hmm. uh fallon for Moana. Right, she was the first one of the first ones to come out and openly say mm -hmm. uh, um, how how she felt. She was on the podcast. We went an hour forty five, and yeah. and that was that was a month after uh, the Floyd incident. Yeah, so it was it was just Very fresh emotional. in her. Yeah. yeah, so I agree with you, and I, I hope I didn't interrupt you. But I, no. I, I, I I think what your answer and what you're trying to say is, if it comes from a real place and you feel like it's super necessary, mm -hmm. do it. Yeah, yeah, and I I just like I said, it, it's. You, you're every not everyone who follows me believes the same things. They're following me because yeah. they like what I post. They like to follow my beach volleyball career. I mostly post about volleyball. Sometimes I'll yeah. throw stuff up of me just being a normal human because I'm a normal human too. I do other things too. Yeah, but like there are some times where I feel like I have to post certain things because like if I don't post, all, like this is another thing too. Oh, if I don't post about this, like are people going to think I don't support it? And I don't yeah. think it should be like that. Like no. maybe I just because if you do support it, all of a sudden now you're in a position where you're picking a side. Exactly, and I I like to be pretty neutral on things. I like to hear everyone out, and I like to hear what people have to say. Obviously, I am opinionated about certain things, but mm -hmm. I do try to be very neutral because I think everyone has arguments for sides of whatever. But there are certain things where I'm like, yeah, like I don't want to be controversial on here. But she's like, like I don't want any trouble. I don't want trouble. <laughs> no, like, no, go ahead. Get your vaccine. Like, I think that can help, yeah. you know, because I don't want to wear a mask anymore. Stuff yeah. like this. Like, and I, that, but that is my opinion. And right. just because I believe that doesn't mean that everyone around me needs to believe right. that. Yeah. Like, that's just how I feel. That's what my family feels. We all got vaccinated. We got boosted. It sucked. I got sick from it. It wasn't fun. No. But I just did what I, what I felt like was my part in society. If you don't believe that, 
That's fine. I don't hate you but, for that. No, but like, don't but don't hate you for posting that or for doing that. Exactly. Right. Like yeah. we like this is such a melting pot of people and, and and opinions and I think that's what is so special. We are we are all such different people from such different backgrounds. Right. And I think that social media is, is cool, but it causes trouble sometimes because it, it causes yeah. division and I don't want division. I want people to come together and I want the, you know, if I get vaccinated, for example, and someone doesn't, I don't hate them for that. That That's their choice. That's what they're going to do. And I think if we can be more like that, it'll help. But again, there are certain things that I am more opinionated about than others. Some right. things that do rub me the wrong way. And that's not even political or anything that just little things like if someone's, not paying attention to me when I'm coaching. That really rubs me the wrong way. Maybe it doesn't piss someone yeah. else off, but even just normal daily things. So I just think that, you know, there are, there are times to post when you feel it's necessary and when you feel it's compelling to you and, and it's natural for you. And if it's not, don't just throw stuff up there because you have a platform because you feel like you should. Because like you said, yeah. it's not genuine And for at sure that don't point. say you did and you, and you haven't, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's a whole other story. Yeah, and... and but it's I, tough. but at the same time, without that kind of dialogue, there's no understanding. Like you just mentioned vaccines, something you didn't want to get into, but um, I'll give you an example. Like mm-hmm. I had the first two jabs and I got Corona, right? Yeah. I got Omicron, right? Yeah. So the question is, do, do the people who got all three jabs think that I'm too good to get the third jab? Um, is there a question that I already have strong, I, I basically had a de facto third jab by having, mm-hmm. by actually having the virus, mm-hmm. which, which all the stuff all the studies are saying yeah. that you're you have your you know the antibody buildup is, ju- is just as strong as a third shot mm-hmm. and the doctors are very careful to be like don't go out there and get it because of that that's not that's, you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying that's not what we're saying but but i'm not saying whether you think i'm wrong wrong or right about not getting it um, what i'm saying if it makes sense and if it's at least a conversation uh anyone that's saying that's not a conversation is not being is, is not being uh is being disingenuous yeah. Uh, if you have the conversation and you disagree, fine, but you have the conversation. And these conversations are not easy. And sometimes yeah. you just have to walk away or you become sick because you become so emotionally invested and you believe that you're right. And then some people are so pigheaded. And at some point it gets insulting because they're insulting your assertion. So you might think you're, they're insulting you personally. And next thing you know, you're losing sleep. That's how we started this podcast. Exactly. We talked about sleep, right? Exactly. So some, there's some things we I, I would like not you to engage. You're not the exception. You're the example. All right. Again, I've been watching you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think engaging is super necessary. But at the same time, you, it's okay to take a loss if someone's set in their way. Because mm-hmm. you become sick. Yeah. And I, and I, because you care so much. Yeah. Someone like you, you can't get, you can't get sucked into those arguments. You're, well, no. You're, and I, I, you, I you just, care too much. I, well, I, I care about stuff, but also with, with, with topics like, getting vaccinated, for example, right? there are so many more people that know so much more about it than right. I do or are just way more opinionated about it. So like, I, like, I have family members who are, you know, in med school and doing these things and who know a lot about it. And they said, get it. And I said, sure, I'll get it. I'm right. just like, I'm going to just do what everyone's telling me to do because I, because it seems like the right thing to do. I don't know shit about it. I really no. don't. I really don't know what I put in my. I don't. No. I got and I got all three. And You're I, I fucking morons. I've never gone COVID. Just knock on wood. No. I got all three. I know a lot of people who were oh, double vaccinated, boosted, and got it. But I know someone I got it three times. Yes. Yeah. No. I, you know, exactly. I'm like when they said that, I just went, oh, God, oh. 
it's so, I'm so gnarly. Sorry. But I don't know enough about it to even have an no. argument. So why? You know, I'm just gonna stay neutral, and that's me no. with political stuff. I'm because... so neutral. I don't even give a shit at the. You know, I just want to focus on what's important to me. If it's not very important to me, then why would on. I like? Yeah. Why? engage in something that I don't even really care that much about. No. Like, and why would you engage in something that even the professionals are still trying to figure out? Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. My wife, she got all three. Mm -hmm. My my kid, five-year-old, none. Me, the first two. All three of us got infected. Yeah. All three of us had the same fever for a half a day. All three of us recovered same day. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, it, that's something that the scientists need to look at and figure out. I'm not saying, you know, right. I mean, one might make the presumption that it didn't matter. That's not true because mm -hmm. not right. Not, not, uh, not all um, cases are one size fits all. So, exactly. so, so yeah. we, like you said, uh, to quote one of my favorite podcasters, guys, I'm a fucking moron. Don't be coming to me for my, my Rogan. He says, "Don't come to me for medical advice. Don't come, don't come to me for political advice. I'm just having conversations. I don't yeah. want, no, I don't want no trouble." Yeah, and um, I think it's he's okay. In, he's in hot water now, but, yeah. but um, I just think it's okay if people have. That's the last thing I'll say about please. this: is it, you can have your own opinions. That's fine. Whether yeah. you are you know a lot about it or you don't you can have opinion or whatever yeah but as long as people who have differing opinions can still come together and accept that there's different opinions then 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 all, the all will be good but people care too much and you know they want to prove their point and that's okay too but you know if you have two very opinion very yeah. opinionated people coming at each other that's that's it's just recipe for disaster and it's yeah. okay again to have your opinion especially if you have the knowledge as well and you've done the research and you all these different things but mm -hmm. for me i'm gonna stay out of all that yeah i'm gonna do what i think is right i'm gonna do what my family thinks Bam. is right and if i feel compelled to post about it because it's important to me i will and yeah. if i don't then I won't. So let's jump off that particular subject matter, but at the same time, keep the social question. Yeah. Um, how important is is it to make sure when you have these conversations, and we're not talking about vaccines anymore. We're yeah. done. We're washing our hands. Yeah. I'm just talking about um, social issues. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a BLM thing. There were there were all this other, other stuff that goes on. Can you appreciate the importance of just being polite when you talk to someone? Mm -hmm. uh, I'll make a left and right argument, right? Mm -hmm. if, the, if someone from the left, someone calls, calls someone from the right, um, you're you're a gun nut. Their natural reaction is going to be like, "F you, you liberal retard," right? And now there's no conversation, right? How you know there has to be a way that an etiquette that people have to know how to talk to each mm -hmm. other, and I think. If, if people are claiming that they want unity and this and that, it has to start with empathy. And, and empathy um, creates politeness in the mm -hmm. conversation. And that's, this goes back to what we were talking about when, when I'm trying to be a leader or trying to be a coach. Yes. You never know what someone else is dealing with or what someone else has gone through or what they know or who they've been around or all these different things. So, yep. And, you know, I learned this lesson like a long time ago. I think my parents taught me just like, you never know who could be your boss one day. So just be nice to everyone. Why yeah. be, you know, and if, if you have an issue with someone, address it and move on. You don't need to get in a fight. And sometimes for me, I'm very emotional. So if I address something in the heat of the moment, it's not going to go good because I am too emotional. So I've had to learn to like take a step back, process what's going on. And I don't get mad very easily. But when I get mad, I get mad and I, I react out of emotion. And this is about, this could be about really small stuff too. Yeah. And I've had to learn a lot being on a team. Like I can't just react out of raw emotion because it's, it's not going to go very well. If right. you can ad address things, if there's conflict and you can address it, 
not emotional, just with facts. It's really hard. It's really hard, but if you can, there shouldn't be any any issues. And and I just think that, you know, if someone's being rude to me, yeah, it's annoying, but maybe they're going through something that I don't that I don't know about. Doesn't give them an excuse to be rude. No. But maybe they maybe they have some stuff going on and I right. I think we should all give people the benefit of the doubt. I, I, we're yeah. all, like you said, we're all morons. We don't really, we're all trying to figure out our lives and we're all on different paths. And I think we all have different backgrounds. And if we can all just do our best to be polite and come together and support each other, like that's the thing with, about what we were talking about girls at the beginning of this. If, if girls can just especially, build each other up, especially girls, dude. girls can just build each other up. Like, and it, it's hard sometimes, like, especially when we're, we're athletes, we're competing against each other all the time. This sport's so weird is we all compete against each other. And then the next week we have to practice against each other because it's a very small community. Yeah. So Spartans, you don't, you like don't, Spartans you don't want to burn the bridge around yeah. here because, because, because then you, because then people aren't going to want to train with you. People aren't going to want to play yeah. against you, all these different things. And you know, it, it it's, we just all got to continue to, and that's why I'm very content with this community right now. Yeah. Cause at least for me. I don't feel any drama. I, I, I feel like everyone I've been around has been super polite and super sweet and supportive of me and my journey. And when we're on the court, it's competitive, but it's healthy. And yeah. it, it, it's at least in my opinion, we talk about opinions, this is my opinion, things are going very well. And it's not going to be perfect all the time. I'm sure yeah. I will have a conflict with a opponent or a partner or a coach or someone. And I just need to do address it as politely as I can. And in, yeah. re- in regards to reputations, do you parrot that? And in- do you try to parrot that information to the juniors you coach? Uh, for me, yeah, um, I was just an X's and O's coach for me. Mm-hmm. I've been coaching out of the 21 years, the first seven years, I was just X's and O's. Yeah. Okay, so until I, I I was a returning adult student and I got into this this ridiculously competitive nationally ranked program, yeah. and the professor said, "Your reputation starts the day you say I want to be an actor." And I took that information and I, and I transferred it to volleyball. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, someone might not be a player. They might be a coach. They might be a sports information director. They might be an assistant coach. They might be an SDOO. They might mm-hmm. be something else. And if you meet them 10 years ago, 10 years from now, they're not going to see the new and improved savvy that, you, that took you 10 years to build to get to that point when you saw them again. They're going to remember... The Sav. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. And if you were a douchebag ten years ago, it sucks and it's unfair because you're not that person from ten years ago, mm-hmm. right? But that's what they're gonna remember. Yeah. And 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 you see that in this in this in in, in our, our spectrum in and out of the sport. Something someone does ten years ago, um, it is lazy as, uh, of us as human beings, but it is a bed that someone makes at that time, and they know they gotta do a little bit of sleeping in it, you know. And there has to be this meeting of the minds where they they know they got to accept that punishment from the past, but at the same time, someone, the person that's casting the aspersions, has to say, "Hey, yeah. now with that being said, I'm mad at who she was. Let me take a, a second look now. Are you that same person you were ten years ago? Are you are you a different person now?" Rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. I was going to say I was thirteen, so I, yeah. <laughs> I was I, pretty young, but yeah. I see some of the things that are happening to some people. I like, like with Kevin Hart with the Oscars, um, um, Rogan. Uh, I'm not going to talk about because I'm exhausted yeah. talking about him I, yeah. because he's right now. All of these things that happened th- 10, 13 years ago. That's who you are now, and I, and and I, I, I'm wasting my breath arguing with people about this. But I will only mm-hmm. say this: 
I put both hands together and I pray that nobody judges me from the shit I said 10, <laughs> ten, ten years ago. Sadly, I pray. <laughs> it's not right. It's not fair. I'm not that person mm -hmm. anymore. You're not that person from 13. You're not even, Sadly, you're not even that person from uh, when COVID hit in 2020 and your season got canceled. Mm -hmm. Or don't you think you're exponentially different from even like, from even from two that that's two what two years ago yeah even from then you're different yeah I I it's this, like people can't change that's a saying that that goes around and I don't know if changes are worth I really I truly believe that people can grow though they yeah. they can you're grow optimistic like that you, you can't I mean you can't I've you know I don't think I've changed I'm still the same person but I've grown and I've learned so much mm -hmm. and the the freshman I was when I cheated on my test. You yeah. know how much I learned from that one experience? Yeah. If someone, you know, if so, someone was like, you're the same there, person that you yeah. were when you were a freshman in college, I'd be like, you're crazy. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah. Right? Come like, on. Yeah. You know, like, if you're going to judge me based off something X amount of years ago when I was young and dumb, that sucks because I made a mistake. Yeah. And I think since then I've learned and I've grown, like you said, exponentially. I think I learn and grow every single day of my life. But like every single day. But you think about day. from that time period till now, what? Mm -hmm. You're a fucking savage right now compared to that girl before. And that girl back then was, you know what? She wasn't too shabby either, okay? Yeah, look, me 10 years ago, I wasn't too shabby either, mm -hmm. right? I was walking around 199. I, I looked. I, look, I was a good-looking guy. Um, yeah, I made a woman. I made a woman want to go get a job <laughs> with with benefits. <laughs> but I would like to end this podcast. We're gonna plug in a site and, and, and you know uh, like an Insta handle where people okay. can people can know about, yeah. about you. But I want to finish with this: the world needs more savvy simos because of if they can see your journey and see the differences, not just the attributes that you came in. But but some of the things where you made you might have made some errors in judgment, but you stuck For to sure. but you stuck to a certain virtue of learning and understanding and seeing what's right and what's wrong that mm -hmm. shapes the person you are now. And I can go all day and and that this file holds two hours and twenty six minutes and mm -hmm. we're two we're two twelve. Mm -hmm. But I would just I'm just gonna shut up and say the world needs more savvy simos and, and, and that's very very important. you have no idea how much that means to me seriously yeah. thank you so yeah. much jason and i also wow. know you do um you i think you do i think you probably do grief and anger really well uh speaking for men and and everyone's gonna love this women have a face um that men know uh don't have only women have it but they know it when they see it mm -hmm. when a woman is experiencing grief and anger at the same time it looks like this. <laughs> and, and for my guys who see, the, or for the audience who can see the video version of this, the, the audio version, tough shit, but the video version, if you see a woman like that, be somewhere else. If you're too close, like the way we're sitting from each other and you can't get away, just give her a hug. Yeah. <laughs> just give yeah. her a hug. You're in the eye of the yeah. storm. And yeah. the best way I know how to describe it was the face I just showed you. And I'll show you again. It's you're, you're angry, right? Uh, and you're grief stricken. And you want to lash out, but you can't because you don't want people to see you angry. And, mm -hmm. and you're just trying to find a way to handle it. And it balls up into this. Ever see Game of Thrones? Yes. Queen Daenerys? Yes. Remember, remember when they tried to ring the bell? Uh, and we say, oh, we surrender. We mm -hmm. surrender. Let me tell you something. Sorry didn't mean jack shit mm -hmm. <laughs> to Denaris. Mm -hmm. She yep. watch it again when they ring the bell, right? 
and then she, they're she's supposed to surrender badass. and she wasn't supposed to do it. Watch her face mm-hmm. before she fucking went straight dragon lady. Yep. It looked exactly like the look I, I showed mm-hmm. you. Like, so, what? So, sorry? <laughs> sorry? So, um, hey, um, give us a uh, website. That's uh, Insta Handle some. Hey, someone's your fan. They Some, want to know more about probably you. Probably just Instagram. Yeah. At yeah. Savvy Simo. S-A-V-V-Y-S-I-M-O. Yes. Super simple. That's me. Follow me. Yeah. People try. People are like, yo, I'm a fan of her. She knows how to play volleyball and she even looks pretty. How can I <laughs> how can I get to know more about Sav? How can I be down? Please. I'll clean your car for you. <laughs> Give me some information, Jason. And it's uh, say it again. It's Savvy what? Just Savvy Simo. My uh my name. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Super easy. All right, so let's wind up. I'm going to do my music. All right. Savvy Simma might love you guys, but me, I don't love you guys. In fact, I'm done with you guys. In fact, I am out of here, all right? So for (laughs) all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad at Starbucks, for all of you on your droids, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, old school for my homie, Sav Simmo. I'm Jason DeBiss. This is episode 128. Stay with me. I'm going to hit my music and... We're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.